Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move-related show on the planet Earth, the John Campia Show, coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good things. And I'm joined today, of course, by Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, do you know that today is Mel Brooks's 96th birthday? I did not. It is his 96th birthday, one of the great cinematic comedians, you know, of all time. And, you know, half of his movies can't even be shown today. People oh, get too offended, but ninety six still the going Schwartz strong. Be with you. May the Schwartz be. I know how much you love Spaceballs. I do. It is one of my all time favorite comedies. It's like one of those that Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein. I mean, the dude is just genius, and and he's still rocking. He's doing a TV series. He's doing the History of the World. Yep, he's still writing and all that kind of stuff. The guy is just incredible. Ninety, and he has still not completely shot down the idea of doing Spaceballs to the quest for more money. <laughs> He has not shot that down. I would watch that. Of course we would watch it. You know? We'd watch the shit out of that. Are you kidding me? Anyway, guys, good to have you here. Uh, For those of you who are watching live, you might notice we were starting today's show a little bit late. I had to, I actually had to teach a seminar earlier today (laughs) uh, for YouTube. So that's why we had to delay today's uh, show. But we are glad you're here. And here's how today's show is going to go, guys. We're going to break it down into two parts. The first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then the second half of the show... We're going to take your live comments and questions. How do you get a live comment or question on the show? That's easy. Number one, well, you got to be watching live. Number two, when we get to the end of our main topics, we will announce that we are opening up the Super Chats. Once we do, you can fire in your thoughts, comments, opinions, theories, beliefs, questions, whatever you guys have. Send them on into us, and we will read those off in the second half of the show. However, we only leave those Super Chats open for two or three minutes, so make sure you get your questions ready and raring to go for when we open that up. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into a couple of off-the-tops here, shall we? And our first off-the-top is this. You know, one of the big surprises at not this most recent CinemaCon, but uh, about a year and a half ago CinemaCon, was that Jason Reitman and Ivan Reitman came out on stage to talk about their upcoming Ghostbusters Afterlife movie. And then they said as they were talking... Oh, by the way, we're going to show you the whole movie right now. And we were like, what? They showed us the movie. Obviously not as good as the original. Sure. But pretty damn great. Pretty good, man. Pretty damn entertaining. I really like this Ghostbusters movie an awful lot. Now, some people got excited a little while ago when we talked about on the show, the fact that they are moving ahead. They've greenlight the second one. And now we know when that second one is coming. The second one is coming in December of 2023, so not all that far away. This comes to us from the folks over at Screen Rant who said the following. Just a couple of months after it was first confirmed to be in the works, Sony has set an official release date for Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel movie. The studio has confirmed that the new film will be hitting theaters on December 20th, 2023, moving from its original planned summer release. This will put the Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel movies released just over two years from its predecessor. And Rob, I see this, and this is kind of exciting for two reasons. One, it's good to see an actual solid date. Yes. As to when this movie is Tangibility, coming. as you it's would say. The tangibilization of it. That's right. So now we know exactly what it is. But they didn't just move it to any date. They moved it to the Christmas season. 
So that tells me a couple of things. Number one, they were really happy with the results of the first Ghostbusters Afterlife. <clears throat> and number two, they must love the idea Jason Reitman has for the second one. Because to take that and say, we're going to plot this in the Christmas season, the Christmas holiday, which is always a murderer's row. Yeah. Of big competition, all that kind of stuff. But definitely a lot of successes come out of there, right? Aquaman made a billion dollars. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Jumanji. The first one came within a breath of a billion dollars and all that kind of stuff, right? These are Christmas release movies. I think this says a lot about their belief in this franchise mm. right now. And I'll tell you what, I know the belief in the franchise has been shaky for a few years, but I'll tell you what, my belief in this franchise after seeing Afterlife is right there. Please bring Paul Rudd back. Uh, please bring as much as this cat, especially the kids. I thought they were great. So I'm excited to hear this. I think this is a good move, a bold move on their part to put in Christmas. Rob, you hear about this. What do you feel about it? You know, I would love it if it's even Christmas themed, like if it has some holiday theme bent to it. Ghosts of Christmas past. You know, so if something. they did what Die Hard did not do, is that what you're saying? Because we are you acknowledging now that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie? Die Hard is the most Christmas of Christmas. Oh, I movies. see. Okay. No, no. <laughs> Just like Lethal Weapon is in every one of Shane Black's movies. Iron Man three, Christmas movie. Totally love Shane Black. Come on, he's so great. All of his movies are set at Christmas. Um, are they? Yeah. Kiss, kiss, gang, bang. Yeah. Shit. Kiss, kiss, <laughs> bang, bang. I swear to God, I didn't do that on purpose. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Um, you know, it wasn't. Predator wasn't. Oh, or, or am I mistaken about that? That's a that's a you know what I blocked that movie out. <laughs> yeah, that's probably good. But no, I mean, look, I I think it's funny because I uh, would you would you be surprised to know that that I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife on video? I bought the 4K disc of oh, nice. it, and I I really liked it. I thought it was you know it was a nostalgia trip and all that, but I. Like I, I think that where they took the franchise was different enough. It was an interesting story. I think bringing this back or doing something more with it, but it is the firehouse. You know, they are going back. They're going to do that firehouse idea. Yep, so they're going, going back, back to New York, going back to Manhattan. There's nothing better than New York at Christmas. I'll watch anything that takes place in New York at Christmas. So I think it's great. I'm excited. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? We now have a release date for this new Ghostbusters coming out next Christmas. I'll be honest with you. I know I heard the whispers about earlier, but I honestly, this is sooner than I thought it would be. Yeah. This is actually, so that means they're going to be rolling on this pretty quick. Which means you're right. They do like the script. Yeah. They must like what they're doing with it. So guys, question for you. How do you feel about this? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do one more off the top, and that is this. You know, a lot of movies, TV shows I get excited about that are coming. And then there are movies and TV shows that I think that is the dumbest effing idea and the dumbest looking thing I've ever heard. Yeah. One of those was the Harley Quinn animated show. I had two thoughts. One, this sounds stupid. <laughs> and then when I saw the first teasers they put out for it, I thought, this looks stupid. Man, they're going to ruin everything. What a dumb thing to do. And then the show came out. <clears throat> and I avoided it. But I started hearing from our viewers, Rob. Yeah. <clears throat> I started hearing from our viewers saying, um, John, not only is this pretty damn good, I think you would like it. I'm like, pshaw, <laughs> I say, get thee behind me. Nay, I say, there's no way. 
But then viewer after viewer after viewer started writing saying, John, no, really, I think you're going to like this. So I finally caved. I said, fine. Fine, I said. I'll go watch this. This show's going to be stupid. That was me. It's going to be stupid. The animation looks dumb and everything looks stupid. Blah, blah, blah. But fine, I said. I will humor you. I will humor you. And then I will come back and tell you how wrong you all were. Oh, my God. I fell in love with that show. It, uh, again, it's a hoot. From the first five minutes of episode one with Joker and Harley pulling that heist on the boat. And they start melting people's faces. And all I was smitten. I mean, that was it. I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. And I knew it. I knew within the first five minutes, like, damn, I'm I'm now completely on board with this. This is so effing good. And I had to go back to the audience and say, yeah, yeah, you guys were right. This is so good. And I have eaten up every frame of every episode of the two seasons we've had so far. <clears throat> and dare I say, the Harley Poison Ivy romance is the best romance on television. And I don't even mean that ironically. Right. It really is the best romance on television. It's hilarious. It's unbelievable. Well, we've been waiting a while because we didn't have to wait too long for season two. We've been waiting for a while for season three. It's now coming out at the end of July, and they have dropped the new teaser for Harley Quinn season three, and they don't miss a beat. I mean, I was laughing almost right from the beginning of it, <clears throat> and I, I guess King Shark and Clayface end up in jail, and Harley and Ivy go to get them out, and Shark is like, you're absolutely glowing. And she says, thanks. We've been banging a lot. I'm like, okay, yeah, this, this is, they haven't missed a step. They haven't missed a beat. That same irreverent humor is there. I cannot wait. I don't know what Batman was doing massaging, massaging Catwoman's feet, but whatever. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of context there. This looks hilarious. I love this show. Rob, the new trailer came out. Do you have a chance to check it out? What yeah, I did, dude. I, I, I laughed out loud. I mean, this is, this, I'm surprised that they, have allowed this even to exist, to be honest. I mean, you know, the, but this is, these are comic book characters, Batman, the animated series. You can't have them. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I mean, we now live in a world where, where superhero content has grown up. I mean, hero gasm. Now this in the same week, you know, seeing these within the seven days of each other, we're getting, I mean, first of all, this show, it really is delightful. First of all, it's funny as hell. It is irreverent. Like you said, it's got a great relationship, a great central relationship. But most of all, it's just, I, I, again, I laughed out loud. Sometimes my jaw hits the floor. I'm like, oh, my, oh my God. Like, yeah. like, you know, they're okay. But like uh, you said, hasn't missed a beat. Uh, I love this show. It's one of these shows that if you're waiting for something, like, oh, something doesn't drop in a, for another 45 minutes, I'll watch an episode. You know, you throw it on just because it's so damn funny. Yeah. Again, it's the irreverent humor. It just oh. puts its foot to the floor and does not relent the whole time, the whole way through. And by the way, they I don't think I, I could be wrong. I don't remember seeing him in the trailer. But they better bring back one of the best C-level side characters in television history. Hell yeah. Kite man. <laughs> I, I love this character. I'm sure they're going to bring it back. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, they'll bring it back. He, he's just such a great... He's so great. Yeah. I love that character so much. It's weird. Anyway, guys, question is for you. 
What do you think of the Harley Quinn series? And did you have a chance to see the trailer for the new season? If so, what did you think? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys, we're going to move on to our main topics here. But before we do, we want to take a second and thank one of the sponsors of our video. They've actually been one of our earliest sponsors, as a matter of fact. We love them, the good folks over at Stamps.com. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Stamps.com. Now, guys, as a small business owner myself, I am always looking for ways to save costs, yes, but I know that our most valuable resource is time, and I'm always looking for things that can save us time. Stamps.com saves you both. Because when you're running a small business, every second counts. You can't afford to waste a single moment. So why are you still taking time out of your day to go to the post office when you could be using Stamps.com instead? Stamps.com makes mailing and shipping quick, easy, and cost-effective. How cost-effective? Well, you can get discounts that you can't find anywhere else, like up to 30% off USPS rates and 86% off UPS. And there's no special hardware technology you need. All you need is your regular computer and printer, no special supplies or equipment required. So guys, stop wasting time and start saving money when you use stamps.com to mail and ship. Sign up with the promo code CAMPIA for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts needed. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code CAMPIA. And a big thank you to our friends at stamps.com for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys. With that down, let's get into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics in the show? Well, that's easy. You guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Rob. What is our first main topic today? John, our first main topic comes to us from Clark Washington. Hello, John and crew. Yesterday, The Wrap reported the very sad news that Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie won't start shooting this year. Due to his commitments to Our Flag Means Death and Time Bandits, what are your thoughts on this story? And just how long is it going to be before we get a new Star Wars movie? Thanks for taking my question and have a great day. All right, thanks for sending that in, Clark. Yeah, look, we all got really excited. I mean, who wouldn't be excited to hear that Taika Waititi, one of the most exciting filmmakers and storytellers today, was going to take on Star Wars, the best universe to tell stories in. I mean, what's not to be excited about? <clears throat> then, we got even more excited when Kathy Kennedy said, well, actually, our next live one is going to be Taika's movie. Mm -hmm. Now, some people took that as meaning they're going to shoot it right away. They're getting ready to roll right into it. And, I mean, that was, wouldn't have been the most outrageous thing to think. Uh, I mean, I think there was probably some things there that may have suggested that maybe he would be ready to shoot sure. that sooner rather than later. We speculated about that ourselves. But at the end of the day, we said, we're probably going to shoot this sometime in 2023. That's because all indications was that they hadn't quite yet finished the script, and then they're going to have a bunch of pre-production to do, and then they'll be ready to shoot it. So we were kind of thinking 2023, and that's what it sounds. This is what Taika Waititi had to say about the situation. When asked about when they're going to be shooting the Star Wars, he said this, not this year. I'm going to be in New Zealand from August until the end of the year, 
With our flag means death and time bandits, and during that time, I will still be writing. I'm still trying to figure out what the story is. At the moment, it's just very early because I still haven't even finished the script. I'm still trying to come up with ideas. I've mostly kind of just a part of the process where it's still very kind of open. And when I write, I kind of write every idea I have, uh, I, I've ever had and then start to kind of chisel it down into something. But I'm still throwing everything at the wall right now. And that, again, comes to us from Taika Waititi. There's a couple things here. <clears throat> I think Taika's a little bit underselling it. I think he's probably a little bit further along than, than what he's letting on. Of course. But... Again, at the same time, we knew when they announced that he was doing this movie that he already had a number of projects lined up. We knew about that. Um, he already had that other finish. What was it? Uh, next next goal wins or yeah. is that what it's called? So we, we knew he was wrapping up on that. And they had a few more things coming. So I think 2023 is fine. It really is because that probably means we're going to get a 2024 release date, which again is fine, which means, look, that means theoretically... It's possible within two years we can have this movie on our screens. So this science sounds fine to me. It's not really outside of the realm that we kind of thought it was going to be anyway. I am dying to see Taika Waititi do this. So anyway, Rob, you hear about this. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, John, the way these movies are made now, uh, just because his script isn't done and he's not, they're not ready to shoot and he's working on things doesn't mean the movie itself isn't being worked on. They've got yeah. the whole visual development team way in advance doing storyboarding. They probably have certain action scenes that they're looking into. Taika said he wanted to delve deeper into the universe. They might have a lot of ships we haven't seen, locations we haven't mm. seen. All that has to be designed, um, and that can be designed before his script is actually finished. I, I, dude, I got to tell you, I'm excited to see a Taika Waititi Time Bandits. Yeah. I mean, they're talking about that. I. I love Time Bandits, and, and the, the fact that he's... I can't think of a better person to do Time Bandits than him. But I, I do think that work on these movies is, is, on Star Wars at least, is being done. I can't wait to buy The Art of Star Wars, for or The Art of Taika Waititi's Star Wars. I love those books. They're great. I've got them all the way back to the first to Star Wars. Yeah. And I love them. And, you know, they've always got such great... You get glimpses of the movie that didn't get made because... There's all this really cool pre-production art where they're exploring ideas. You're like, wow, that was cool. And, you know, maybe we'll get something else. So I, I think that, you know, let him take his time. The guy's like the busiest man in showbiz. Our Flag Means Death was really funny. I mean, I know. I, I loves it. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, he's He does have a soccer movie coming out. I, he's got <laughs> he's got Thor, Love, and Thunder coming out in next week. I mean, the man's the hardest working man in show business. So I'm sure that he's, like, going to devote his time to Star Wars, and I'm sure whatever he gives us is going to be awesome. So I think, dude, six months from now is not not that long, really. I mean, and if he makes it, like you said, we could have it in two years. We might get it holiday time for 2025. I think 2024 could be. I mean, it could be 20, yeah. Yeah, holiday 20. You're right, right? Because if but it's Chris, a... if they start right after the first of the year, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly. You're right. Wouldn't no. that interfere with Avatar? So it's someone in the chat pointed out, like if Avatar is twenty twenty three. Yeah. No, no. Well, Avatar correct. two comes out this year. That's what I mean. So Avatar, so twenty twenty two, and then when does the next? Isn't the next Avatar the year after? There's a two. Yeah, years yeah after it might that. be the next year. I think they're yeah, gonna like. So. But, but that's what we see every Christmas holiday. There is a murderer's row. Mm. I mean, that's the great. See, the thing about the Christmas holiday is we all think about the summer movie season, but Christmas week is the busiest week at movie theaters in the world. So there's a lot of business to go around. So you can have multiple big films out there 
and and have them do but i'm so glad you brought up the art of because you know i always talk about i'm not a fan of the prequels right but man the bonus features on the dvd disc oh, yeah. are them and the lord of the rings best bonus features ever and all the art of books they're great the art of the phantom menace uh revenge of the sith uh attack the clones the art books for those are amazing. Yeah, and, and look, same with Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and even Rise of Skywalker. There's so many, because you can see all these ideas, the roads less traveled, things they didn't do, but still really interesting ideas. And that's going on right now. I'm sure the art department is working. Yeah, they probably so, are. Yeah. Guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Are you looking forward to a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie? I know we are. I and mean, we're not going to get it anytime immediately soon, but it's actually not that far off. How do you guys feel about it? Whatever those thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave them there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Rob, what is our second main topic today? Well, John, our second main topic comes to us from Tag. Good morning, guys and gals. I really like the Venom movies, but was super let down by Morbius. Still, I've got a good feeling about Madam oh. Web. <laughs> Madam Web? Never are heard they, of it. Are they making that? Are they making it? <laughs> Madam Webb, even though I don't know much about the source material, I'm even more excited now that I read that Emma Roberts is joining Dakota Johnson and Sydney Sweeney in it. What do you think of Emma Roberts being cast in the movie? Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that. In. Is and this yeah, really a movie they're making? Yeah. It's odd to think about that, isn't huh. there? We all got very intrigued. When they announced that Dakota Johnson, who I actually like quite a bit. I love her. I mean, make fun of Fifty Shades all you want. I really do like Dakota Johnson a lot. I do too. And we thought, well, this is not what we think of when we think of Madam Web. Uh, but then they've gone about adding some, like, really uh, some cast from Euphoria and, and other, like, really good names mm. here. Now Emma Roberts. I'll tell you what. I have always liked Emma Roberts. She's great. Uh, niece of Julia Roberts, daughter of Eric Roberts. Um, I thought she was great. Now, a lot of people will talk about her in American Horror Story and all that kind of stuff. I don't care. I When I think of her, I think of We're the Millers. That's my mind immediately goes to We're the Millers. I love her in that. That is a sorely not talked about enough comedy. You're, you're right. It's really good. It is. It's I I own that movie. But it's, and, it's really but she's good. Shown she can do drama, horror, comedy, all that kind of stuff. So you add her into this mix. I think it's great. I mean, again, look, I always say I don't really care a lot about X actor, X role, but it is never a mistake to add talent. And I think Emma Roberts is a phenomenal talent. Mm -hmm. she, I, I'm not going to say she's Academy level talent, but she's a phenomenally talented. I always like seeing her and stuff. So this could be nothing but a good thing. I want to throw something out there. And I tweeted about this last night. I have heard whispers over the past number of weeks that the Madam Web project may not actually be a Madam Web project. I've heard that much like Captain America and the Serpent Society, which actually ended up being Captain America Civil War, I've heard whispers that the Madam Web movie isn't actually a Madam Web movie. Now, whether that means it's the long talked about Black Cat Silver Sable movie or whether it could mean a Spider-Gwen movie or whether it could mean how great would Emma Roberts be as a Spider-Gwen? Might be a little bit old for that role, but still. 
But I, now look, in and so over the weeks, I've made phone calls, I've written emails, I've seen no evidence that that's true. I, I mean, everything still points to that it's a Madam Web movie. But even Deadline kind of alluded to they've heard the same thing a little bit. So I don't know. I just want to throw that out there. That's that's an interesting train for thought. But let's assume for a second everything is as it appears. Sure. This is a Madam Web movie, even though Dakota Johnson looked nothing like Madam Web. But still, the addition of Emma Roberts. What do you think about this film that you always forget about? And what do you think about the addition of an Emma Roberts? Well, like Chris Carr, who doesn't believe the Flash is real, right? <laughs> I, I just uh, this this movie slips from my 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 mind. So no, I look. I think let's assume John that it is a Madam Web movie. I want to know how how of all the Spider Man adjunct characters to the Spider Verse or whatever, Madam Web's where you're going. Like to me, Madam Web is like a supporting character with strange powers, and there's been different iterations. There's old Madam Web. There's a younger Madam Web. There's it's I I don't I don't get it. I can't put, wrap my head around it. But Dakota Johnson is a talent magnet. I mean, she's in uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth yeah. that just dropped, and she if you look at what she's done in like the last five years, an incredibly diverse performer who is in movies with really great. Actors. Remember that movie she did with Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. Uh, Peanut Butter Falcon? Yeah. Like, she was, I mean, obviously the kid was great, Shia was great, but she was awesome in she that She was too. awesome in it. And like, I don't know who her agent is, but it's not like she's been pursuing, I mean, it's great that she's in, look at how cute she is. And it's, Roberts, it's, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, look at Dakota Johnson. I mean, she was in the remake of Suspiria. I mean, she's done all kinds of crazy stuff. So, I don't know who her agent is, but I like the fact that she's in these project she's all over the place she's not like going i'm just gonna go be a big a-list studio star she has no problem doing indie movies this i thought was an interesting choice oh okay you want your franchise now i get it don't but emma roberts joining this that spider quit I, i'm just i'm just I, saying I, I mean like again no basis no or, real basis or a black cat black you cat, know i don't know stable. how old I mean, emma roberts know. is but you know if she wants to show up with tom holland I could see that. Ah, a lot of possibilities. You know, but still yeah. probably Madam Web. Yeah, it's still probably Madam Web, which, again, it, the, this cast, though, makes it much more interesting. Maybe I won't forget about it today. Maybe it'll actually stick in my mind. But I think it's a great cast. Can't wait to see it. Hopefully it'll be good. I think uh, Emma Roberts is a great addition because, like you pointed out, she, again, like Dakota Johnson, is a very diverse performer. She can do, she can do it all. She can do comedy and horror. And Dakota Johnson, by the way, can also do comedy and horror. So, you know, there there's a movie, a Chris Hemsworth movie that I didn't think was great, uh, but it's Bad Times at the El Royale. Right. Remember that? Yep. And I, I didn't think the movie was overall like super stupendous or anything, but there were some really interesting performances in that. And again, Dakota was one of those. Yep. And again, I will, when I think of Emma, I was always go back to. We're the Millers. I got. I got to go watch that again. Yeah, anyway, it's funny guys, now you made me want to watch it too. Yeah. Now we got. We got to yeah, load yeah. that up. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? If this is indeed a Madam Web film, and all indications point that it is, what do you think about the additions of Emma Roberts? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to take a second here and thank another one of the sponsors of our show today. You know, a good Canadian kid, Ryan Reynolds. He's an actor, philanthropist, and a Mint Mobile owner. We want to thank Mint Mobile for being a sponsor of the show. Check this out. Guys, we want to thank the sponsor of today's video, 
Mint Mobile. You know the one with the delightful ads with good Canadian kid Ryan Reynolds? So look, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just $15 a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. And guys, that's no joke because for years I've been using one of the major providers and it was fine. But I switched over to Mint Mobile a little while ago. The service has been fantastic. And the big difference is I'm now paying about one third of what I was paying before. And the best part for anybody who just hates their phone bills is that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just $15 a month. All their plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And a big thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of the John Campus Show. Don't forget, guys, when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us and this show. If you go down to the description right at the top there, you're going to see a link to all of our sponsors and the promo codes. So go and check them out as a thank you for supporting our show. All right, guys, with that down, let's move into main topic number three. Rob, what is our third main topic today? John, our third main topic comes from Victor, Victor, Victor. The Batman right now is my third favorite movie of the year, just behind Top Gun and The Northman. I admit I had my doubts with Twilight Boy Twilight in the but the movie impressed me so much that it won me over. I just saw a story on Slash Film that Robert Pattinson is hinting at the Court of Owls being the main villains of the sequel. This is interesting because I thought Joker was being set up. What do you think? All right, thanks for sending that in, Victor, Victor, Victor. And yeah, look, The Batman uh, it is also my third favorite film of the year, although a little bit different order. My number one is obviously Everything Everywhere All Once. Which number, I would agree with you. Number um, two for me is, uh, The Batman is number two for me, and then The Northman is number three. Ah, I'm sorry, my throat's getting dried out here. Yeah, and listen, I, as much as I loved The Batman, my second favorite film of the year so far, I was not big on that end, end, end. I wasn't big on the Joker reveal. Right. Right. Don't get me wrong. The Joker looked cool and the conversation was fine. And, and then even that deleted scene was really interesting. We yeah. liked it. Right. <coughs> I just didn't think it was needed to be in that movie. You know, it almost felt a little shoehorned, felt a little forced. And I love this movie. I do. The Joker is the definitive Batman foil. You can't go long in a Batman story without at some point coming uh, coming around to having Joker there, right? It's just it's just something out. It's like trying to do He-Man without Skeletor, right? It's going to have to be there at some point. But I wouldn't mind the idea of them maybe keeping Joker on the shelf a little while longer and maybe going with other characters. We've, we've talked about, speculated about some other characters, maybe a Dr. Freeze or a KG Beast or something along those lines. But Robert Pattinson... I think he's got a mind that a lot of other people have as well. This comes from the folks over at Slash Film who wrote the following. <clears throat> Robert Pattinson revealed that he was excited about the possibility of the Batman sequel incorporating a storyline that included the Court of Owls. 
In the 2011 comics, the horror story follows an aristocratic hidden society that ruled Gotham from an underground lair for centuries. The group features members that are both, <clears throat> pardon me, Gotham's elite and the Talons, who are highly trained assassins loyal to the Court of Owls. Adapting the storyline of the original comics for Batman to tackle in a sequel film with Matt Reeves' horror-focused roots in place would be a perfect fit for Pattinson, or per Pattinson. I'd love to do something like Court of Owls, the actor said. All right, that comes from Robert Pattinson. Now look, <clears throat> in as much as I just said that Joker is the quintessential Batman villain, right? For the last decade, everything has been Court of Owls. Everything. That show Gotham, they had a big, really dumb Court of Owls storyline. <laughs> the new Gotham Knights video game, Court of Owls. The villains in the upcoming season three of Harley Quinn, the guys who said, it's orgy time. Court of Owls. Everything is Court of Owls. That being said, we haven't really had the Court of Owls right. that we had in the comics. And we were always talked about this, Rob, that in trying to speculate and theorize about who would be a good, you know, grounded kind of villain, a street level kind of stuff, a foil, if you will, for Batman in a in a sequel. I'll tell you what, if there was ever a good time for a Court of Owls, in as much as they've been overused the last number of years in different mediums, this Batman franchise seems to be a really good place that you could do that, especially understanding the crime world as it is now with Falcone and, and Cobblepot and even Bruce's own father and his history and stuff like that. The idea of a court of owls being there in the shadows of that Batman world seems more applicable than any of the other mediums I've seen them try to do it with so far. So I would be totally down for this if they were to do that. Rob, what do you think about the idea of a Court of Owls for this Batman universe? And secondly, was Robert Pattinson maybe giving us a hint? Like, what do you think the possibility is that they could actually use the Court of Owls in the next one instead of Joker? Well, I think in the, the, the tone of Matt Reeves' Batman, you know, Gotham was a much bigger player as far as almost being a character because you saw a lot more of the Gotham underworld. You saw how things work, how power is distributed across the police force, across uh, the underworld itself. And and I, I think the thing about the Court of Owls is you could almost create your own leader of the Court of Owls. You could use the, the comic yep. books, but you could cast somebody great to play opposite him when it's revealed. And also what I love about the Court of Owls is how it's steeped in Gotham history and how I, I look, I love aristocratic secret societies, especially when they involve worshiping Satan, like in the ninth gate or something. Give me that. <laughs> I love conspiracy with ninjas, with ninja with nin ninjas too. Like the hand. if you have Satan worshiping ninjas, come on. <laughs> That's, I mean, that, that pretty much riding that. dinosaurs and you've got a billion dollar. Movie. I, I'm telling you, but I think the court of owls, the fact that especially today, with our political system, the fact that there's powers at the high, they have the, the tendrils or the talons that are reaching throughout Gotham to the point where Batman was completely unaware of this. You know, he it was almost like the Sith have risen up or were always right. there, and he just never encountered them because they've been there for so long. He didn't even know to look. And I like that idea in, in like, villainy. And um, I think they could, if you cast... I'm not saying cast Liam Neeson, but if you cast an actor 
that is the mastermind behind this, who's maybe even somebody Bruce knows and likes, you know, somebody good that that you didn't know that I, I think it be, could be really, really good. And like you said, it's easy to utilize this because it's not the problem is when you have a Batman villain like Joker, it's just the Joker. You can't there's not a lot of room to move with that conflict. With Court of Owls, you've got a lot of different places to go dramatically, and I think it's something that Matt Reeves could specifically make very good use of. I heard a really interesting pitch a few months ago. Somebody was talking about how, you know, yeah, use Court of Owls, but here's the twist. The leader of the Court of Owls is Alfred. And I I rolled my ass Uh at first, but they said, no, no, they went, no, no, think about this. Look at Alfred's background. And how he has positioned himself within Maine, Wayne Manor. He, he doesn't necessarily have to be evil, but he's the, he has a certain... And I thought, man, that would that would be stirring the pot. I mean, if they went something like that... And can you imagine Andy Serkis? Uh, I was just about to say that. How cool would that be? That he gets reviewed. And because you know what? The whole idea is to protect Gotham. And what is the Wayne family, if not the 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 the... They, they've always tried to preserve Gotham and make Gotham a better place to be. So why wouldn't Alfred put himself at the forefront of the man who is building Gotham? Yeah, I mean, like, again, he's, he painted like he legitimately loves Bruce. Legitimately loves Bruce. But he is also, again, I, at first I rolled my eyes up. I thought that's an interesting concept. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Robert Pattinson kind of dropping that, you know, I'd like to see Court of Owls in the sequel. Was he, that just him talking off the cuff? Was he, that him dropping a little bit of a hint? Is it possible they could go in another direction other than the Joker that they set up in the first one? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. Rob, what is our fourth main topic today? John, our fourth main, our fourth main topic comes from the Geeky Neighbor. It's funny what a difference a couple of days makes. Not long ago, it didn't look like DC or Marvel would be doing anything at Comic-Con this year, and (laughs) now both of them are. Warner Brothers has announced their lineup with one massive missing piece, Flash. (laughs) I guess it's not surprising that it would be there since there's no way to talk about the movie right now without the topic of Ezra Miller coming up. What do you think about this decision to leave the Flash out? All right, thanks a lot for saying that in Geeky Neighbor. And okay, yes, a couple of days changes a lot of perception. You know, it wasn't, it was just a few days ago that me, Jonathan, and Ray, we were sitting in my office and we were discussing Comic Con and uh, like the value of it. Should we go? All that kind of stuff. I was there too. Oh, that's right. You were there. I forgot (laughs) about that. So Rob was there too. And we were, we were talking about it. And one of the things we all said is like, no one's going. Warner Brothers isn't going to be there that we knew at the time. Marvel's not going to be there, yada, yada, yada. Well, fast forward a few days, Marvel is going to be there, and now Warner Brothers is going to be there, and it looks like they're bringing a good DC lineup as well, according to the reports, except for Flash. Now, maybe there's a legitimate, innocent reason for that. This comes to us from the folks at The Hollywood Reporter, and they wrote the following. As for Warner's theatrical division, will bring... Those plans are still being hashed out, according to multiple insiders. The studio has a number of DC films due out later this year, including DC's League of Super Pets, 
Black Adam, and Shazam, Fury of the Gods, which opens in July, October, and December, respectively. These could all make appearances. Movies that are to open in 2023, such as Flash and Blue Beetle, will not have panels regardless of their presence as they are considered too far out for any panel to have a meaningful impact. That comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter. All right. I have no doubt that the reporter at The Hollywood Reporter was told by a rep at Warner Brothers, oh, it's too far out. It's too far out. There's no point at this this juncture to bring it along. Okay. Makes sense. Except two years ago, you had a big flash thing at DC Fandom. Now, granted, the movie was going to come out a little bit earlier, but still, you you talked about a lot DC Fandom. You talked about a lot the following year, and it is closer than Blue Beetle coming out. Blue Beetle, I, I can buy that, but Flash, theoretically, is much closer than that. I Listen, while the official word is, oh, yeah, yeah Black Adam, Flash, yeah, we could be bringing those, but uh, not Flash just because it's, it's too far away. There's no point in talking about that. I... Call me skeptical. I do not believe that for one second. I believe you ain't bringing Flash. I will not believe for a split second it has anything to do with anything other than we can't talk about Ezra Miller. This is an embarrassment for us right now. There is no way for us to talk about Flash without the entire conversation immediately turning to you can't find me. I'm in another universe pulling his best John Cena. You can't see me. It's just, I mean, it's, it just is what it is. And look from a PR perspective, I understand the statement. Yeah. You can't bring flash, but you can't come out and publicly acknowledge, well, we can't bring it because, Ezra's a national embarrassment, and we don't know what to do about it yet, and uh, that's why we're not bringing You can't say that either. So the safest thing to say is either A, scheduling conflicts, which wouldn't fly for anybody, or say, eh, it's too far off. Nah, nah, that, that's why. That's why. And you know what? I get it. I, I'm not holding that against Warner Brothers saying that. That's what I would probably say if I was in their same shoes. But Rob, we are now starting to see the tangible effects of all the Ezra Miller drama. Because up until this point, it has all been theoretical. It's like, man, this is going to turn some people off the movie, and oh, this is going to make it difficult to promote this film with all the Ezra stuff. But now we're seeing the actual tangible effect. They're going to Comic-Con, and they ain't going to bring this movie. Nope. And that right there is just the tip of the iceberg of the tangible effects we're going to see. But this is the first time. I mean, we've been talking about the Ezra drama for years, ever since he choked that girl. This is We've been talking about this for years. But this is the first time we're seeing it actually having a real impact on what they functionally can and cannot do. So, Rob, let me throw this open to you and, and ask you the first question we need to be. Number one, am I being overly skeptical and saying that I don't buy their reason they're not bringing it. And am I wrong? In a, do you think I'm wrong in assuming that the reason they're not going to bring this to Comic-Con is because of the Ezra Miller drama? And if so, what does that tell you about the situation that they're in right now? First of all, you're not wrong at all. 
I completely agree with you. Uh, look, this situation with Ezra Miller has sort of become untenable from a studio PR standpoint. There's nothing they can do. You know, there's too many quotes. There's too many things. Look, Ezra Miller has done this to himself. I mean, he he didn't just dig a hole. He, he dug the Grand Canyon for himself, and he's way at the bottom of it. And with his crazy social media posts, the more that this story comes out, the more information that's actually reported, the more police reports that we have access to. The stranger it becomes. The stranger it becomes, the weirder it becomes, and he seems he seems he like he needs help. But it's it, it also is getting to the point where most audiences are going to be put off by him personally because there's no like, oh, but he's misunderstood. It's not like that. It's yeah. something more. So I think Warner Brothers is in a position. I think Warner Brothers is a, is a little blindsided by all this anyway. You know, the transition over for Discovery and David Zaslav, we joke, but here's a very capable executive that's taking over Warner Brothers. They're trying to figure out how to run the entire studio. They don't need this kind of publicity headache. They know the movie's good. Apparently, we've heard it's actually a really good movie, so they know they don't have to worry about the film itself. But they've got this, unfortunately, this really big PR problem that hopefully can work itself out or at least not be so raw now where that's all anyone's going to talk about. I mean, they, they, there's no benefit to bringing this movie to Comic-Con now, no matter how good it is, even if all you're going to do is show Michael Keaton as Batman, which they could. But mm. if, if, if they're going to do that, it, they, they can't call it the flash the first question if they only show michael keaton and they bring him out into hall h the first question someone's going to ask mr keaton what was it like working with ezra that's what's going to happen they can't do it they can't do it did he all. try to pay for you to go back to school michael keaton did he invite you to come live with him in hawaii michael keaton <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah can you imagine i i mean <clears throat> and it's and what imagine putting michael keaton in that position oh my god that's not fair either I, you know, talking about not being fair, and I was keeping my eye on the live chat too. A lot of people mentioning, like, mentioning, man, this is so unfair to that. I, I forget the actress's name, but this young girl who got cast as Supergirl in a DC movie, and now all anybody's talking about is the drama. You're Michael Keaton, and you go, fine, I'll dust off the old bat suit, <laughs> yeah, and I'll come back. Oh, Michael man. Keaton didn't ask for this crap. No. Right? <clears throat> and he probably brought it, I'm sure he gave it his all. Oh, I'm sure once he decided to put on the cowl and the cape again, he was all in. And I bet he's great in the movie. Oh, I've, I have no doubt he's great in the movie. No doubt about it. But and then, then he gets it, this. It brings up the thing again. Everybody has such strong opinions about what Warner Brothers should do. And I, I just don't think any of the answers are as simple as some people think they are. I mean, look, let, let's just quickly review here what their options are at this point. You just released the movie. The disadvantage of that is that a lot of people can be talking about the Ezra stuff. But one of the advantages of it is the movie may end up losing money, but you're going to get a lot more money back by putting it out than probably any of the other options. Right. right? And if it's good, which we've heard hit. it is, could be a hit. Option two, scrap the film altogether. That is an option. And David Zaslav strikes me as the type of guy who could possibly just say, this is not worth the headache that it is causing me. Kill it. Oh. But then you're taking a complete loss financially on that movie. So that's not really ideal, but it does excise the headache. Three, try to reshoot all the scenes with Ezra Miller. That's a very expensive endeavor. And very difficult to pull off. 
and from a practical point of view, you got to get everybody else back to shoot this thing, and it's it becomes very expensive and a difficult thing to pull off logistically. Well, well what's unfortunate too is that I think this movie really had a lot of movies, other movies counting on it, which is probably yeah. the negative part about having everything connected, right? I think after this, the domino effect is going to be, we're just going to do standalones. So we don't have this sort of thing happening again, because you know what? There could have been a, I was looking forward to seeing Supergirl in this movie. Uh, leave Flash aside and Michael Keaton's Batman. And I know that Michael Keaton is supposed to be in that Batgirl movie, right? Yep. So there's some connection there, too. So mm -hmm. this is what happens when you put all your eggs in one basket, in one movie. In one shared cinematic universe. But you raise a great point, Ray, because that's the other big drawback of just scrapping the movie. Well, there are apparently some other things coming in DC that are kind of contingent upon the events of that. So it's it's a complex... Then the idea of just drop, drop it on HBO. Just, just put it on HBO Max. You kind of get the same, you avoid the drawback of other films are kind of relying on it, but you get the drawback of, so you're just throwing every cent away that you invested in the movie. That's all now gone. And again, I think every one of those options has pros and cons. Yeah. I, I, I think right now my guess would be, this is my guess, what I think David Zaslav is going to do. I think they're just going to bite the bullet and put it in theaters. Hmm. I think they're just going to put it out. There will be no press tour. There will be no junket. They're, uh, I think they're just going to drop it in theaters, let it happen. Once it leaves theaters, it'll go on HBO Max for a little bit. And then once it's been on HBO Max for a little bit, the official announcement will come out of HBO or Warner Brothers. We are, Ezra Miller and, and us have decided to part ways. Yep. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that's what they're going to do. I'm not saying I have insider information of that. I, I think just right now that seems to me to be what they're going to try to do. Ray, what were you going to say there? Oh, no, I was just going to say what happens whether this movie comes out or not. What happens with DC films after this? I mean, what do you, what do you think? Do you think they'll still try to go by this, uh, this uh, whatever, this plan Batman. they had? Or do they just start all over like the Batman? Because the Batman turned out well, right? Without yeah. being connected well, the, to anything. The Batman joker i mean these all turned I, out great but the problem is they've got films in the can yeah they yeah. got the shazam movie in the can they got the batgirl movie <clears throat> in the can they've got yeah. you know that's it, it becomes a very sticky situation and again we are now just starting to see the actual effects of the stab wound is what we're seeing now so it's going to be interesting to see how and where this things go anyway guys question is for you what do you think about this the official word is they're not going to bring flash because it's too far out. And hey, maybe I'm being overly pessimistic, and maybe that's true, but I don't buy it for a second. I love it. It is too far out. It, it is. It is too far out. It's very far out. It's very far How out. do you guys feel about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys. With all that down, we're now going to open our super chat. So go ahead. If you have a thought, opinion, theory, question about anything we just talked about here, Go ahead, get ready to fire those in. We're opening up the Super Chats now, and we'll get to those in just a second after we hear from another sponsor of today's show, the amazing folks. We love these guys over at Masterclass. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, 
Masterclass. You guys know we love Masterclass around here and have been talking about them for a while. With over a hundred classes from a wide range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. And you guys know one of my favorite classes on here is Bob Iger teaching business strategy and leadership. I go back and watch that like all the time. But also I recently discovered the new class on comedy by Steve Martin where it includes comedy screenwriting as he does this great case study for one of my all-time favorite comedy Roxanne. I've gotten more into screenwriting by taking a class from Aaron Sorkin himself. And of course, you guys know I'm a poker guy and I love my good Canadian kid, Daniel Negreanu. And I've been watching his stuff on poker strategy. It's absolutely fantastic. So guys, we highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every single masterclass. And as a John Campia show viewer and listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. So go to masterclass.com slash Campia. That's master masterclass.com slash campia for 15% off masterclass. And thank you to the folks at masterclass. We love masterclass. We've talked about them and love them long before they ever became sponsors. Guys, once again, you support our sponsors, you support us, check out their links with the promo codes down in the description below. All right, guys, with that all down, let's get over and start answering your questions and thoughts and opinions and whatever else it is that you guys have been sending in. Rob, what do we got up here? Let's see, John. We start with Fredo. Fredo Valcos is here with uh, just super chat support. Just Thank you, Fredo. Very nice. And Stephen Darren Holt sends in a super chat. Thank you, Stephen Darren Holt. I, I got member chats. Did you want me? To- oh yeah, yeah. yeah let's yeah. do the member chat. Okay. Hit, hit so us. we got one from ENS. He writes, "Not gonna lie, the intro music startled me a little bit. Glad it's back." Yeah. Again, the the whole reason the intro music hasn't been there was because, remember, before we moved into the studio, I would run the whole show. I would run the camera switching, all that kind of stuff. And it was just really, it's hard to explain, but there was a complicated process of having the music, intro music play, that transitions into the video with the music still playing in the background. And I didn't want to make Jonathan, producer Jonathan, to do that. But we have now set up a way for him to do that, and we were all excited. The intro music is back. I'm glad you noticed. All right, what's yeah, next? Baby. We got one from Ben Rayner been a member for four months. Hey, thank you, Ben. He said, could they put it on HBO with a $10 paywall? Maybe take half box office and give it a charity? Again, not best, but an option. Okay, okay. Why would they give half to charity? Look, don't don't get me wrong, but... What? uh, Why? Why would should Warner Brothers be punished for what Ezra Miller did? (laughs) I mean, I don't get me wrong. You know, we do a lot of charitable stuff around here. I love it when I hear of companies doing charity. But I I hear a lot of people make suggestions. Warner Brothers should give the proceeds of the Flash movie to charity. Why? What did Warner Brothers do other than trust somebody and put them in a movie to find out everything went wacky? So, I mean, yeah, the idea of putting on HBO Max with a paywall. Okay, but if if that's the point, why not just put it in theaters? You'll make more money with it in theaters. And so I like the way you're thinking, Ben, because, yeah, there is that other option. I'm glad you brought it up. But again, my response would be, well, if you're just going to put it behind a paywall anyway, you might as well just put it in theaters because you are you will generate more revenue there. Whether it's enough revenue to break even or not is is the question. But I think you'll get more than if you just try to plop it on HBO and then put it behind a paywall. Agreed. I got one more from Murray Reich. He says, just put A-Train in instead of Ezra Miller. (laughs) A-Train. Man, I'm telling you, he became one of the most infuriating, annoying characters (laughs) to one of the most interesting characters. 
I, I, I just, oh man, I love him so much. And he's the actors in that new movie, Smile, that new horror movie they talked about yeah. the other day. Looks pretty creepy. All that right. Looks good. All right. That's that it for the yeah. member. Okay. Let's now get over back to the super chats. What do we got next? Jay Bling says, I agree. It's always a good idea to hire talent for your cast, but are we really going to forget that Madam Webb has the same writers as Morbius? I mean, you had a whole topic and rant about it. Laugh out loud. Yeah, look. Here's the reality. <clears throat> With every filmmaker, even Steven Spielberg, the greatest filmmaker of all time, you will find bad things on their resume. Um, so I will not discount a movie being written by writer or writers who made a bad film before. Where I get really worried is when it starts. Now, now don't get me up. It makes me nervous. Because I was so excited for Morbius. And we saw how that turned out. It's Morbin time. So, but I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater just yet because of that big stumble. So, am I happy about it? No. Am I nervous about it? Yes. Do I think it de facto automatically means this movie is going to be bad? No. Not at all. Some of my favorite writers have written some bad things. Some of my favorite yeah. directors have directed some bad things. Again, I'm not guaranteeing you a Madam Web movie's going to be great, but I'm not going to throw it out just yet. Yeah, and you know, I think this, I, honestly, I think Morbius was interfered with by the studio. I think they wanted to downplay it for whatever reason, and it, it, I think it's a compromised film. No one's come out and said this, but I do feel it that way. Because when I was watching the movie, I'm like, I bet they made like some hard R vampire movie. And the studio said, no, we have to make it PG-13 or whatever. But wouldn't that have been decided upon? And uh, you would have thought. Start I, you would have thought. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the thought process is. I, I just don't get it because Morbius just seemed neutered to me. All right. What's John, next? I did not buy it. <laughs> uh, King Tannic. Sends in a super chat and says, I bought my tickets last week to go to the Maestro nice. movies. I live in Texas. I've never been to L.A. Recommendations for hotels, locations, restaurants, theaters, etc. Well, I'm not going to be, <laughs> be, be, be a full tour guy here, but I will say this. Um, the very first, the first time I ever visited Los Angeles, Paramount Pictures flew me down from Canada to visit the set of the first Transformers movie. And the hotel they put me up in is now called, I can't remember what it was called at the time, but it's now called the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel, which is right on by Hollywood and Highland. And it is a 10-minute walk up the street from the Hollywood Bowl. And you're right in the heart of Hollywood. You're literally right across the street from the El Capitan. You're right beside the world's most famous movie theater, the Chinese Theater. Uh, and it's perfect location for the John Williams concert at the Hollywood Bowl. So yep. I would say look into the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel Right at the corner of Hollywood and Highland, that's where you should stay. All right, and I'll tell you, King Tannic, if you want to slide into my DMs, I'll give you some tips on uh, some other things to go see or eat or whatever. Producer Jonathan would be a much better tour guide than me. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, what's next is Ooh, start with it, number two. So let me uh, find his number one. Here we go. Andy, one two. I knew Harley Quinn was gonna rock opening this joke. My fellow whites. Let's raise a glass to this pyramid of cash, the foundation of which was built by our favorite pastime, 
effing the poor. That's the very one of the very first lines of episode one of Harley Quinn. And you're right. The moment that line came out, I'm like, I think I just fell in love with this show. Yeah. I think this is this might be one of the greatest things I've ever seen in TV. That was an amazing opening, <laughs> dude. It really was. He's right. All right. What's next? Uh, Al Renshaw says, or wait, is that uh, SNAM? I can't see SNAM. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I guess we skipped it. Uh, S- SNAM says, how do you think Lucasfilm feels about the Kenobi series? And is this Watiti delay another loss for Kathleen Kennedy? What delay? Right. What delay? Was there ever an official announcement that the Taika Watiti movie is coming out? There is no delay. It's it's happening. A wizard is never late, Frodo Baggins. <laughs> He arrives exactly when he, well, you know, when he intends to. I, I'm with you 100% it, it, because they've never announced a date. And also he's finishing up projects he was obligated to finish beforehand anyway. And it's not like people are only working on. It's not like he's not. If he's writing the script, he's thinking about it. He probably sits down and works on this film probably every day, I would imagine, even though he's working on other things as well. People don't just work in a vacuum. Yeah. And how do they feel about Obi-Wan? They shouldn't feel great about it. Um. But again, I think <clears throat> you're talking about interference. I don't think it's a coincidence that Lucasfilm and Marvel are both doing these ridiculously overly short six episode runs. It's not coincidence. There's clearly a mandate now coming from Bob Chapek's new leadership structure, which took all the power away from creatives and gave all the power to his business buddies to make creative decisions. I mean, look, it, it does not rocket science here, guys. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to see this. It's not like Kevin Feige and Kathy Kennedy both independently on opposite sides of the world goes, you know what? I think something nobody asked for. Six episode seasons. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> they did just come up with that on their own. That's clearly been a dictate that's come down from a non-creative who's now in charge of them. over down. And I think that's probably one of the big problems they're facing. But I mean, who knows? That's just yeah. me, me theorizing. All right, what's next? Uh, Al Renshaw says, I will have to agree with you, John. Tom Hanks as Tom Parker was so unlikable, and I hated him so much. Which is exactly why, if the Academy Awards were tomorrow, he should win Best Supporting Actor. He would, And look, Austin Butler is also seriously in the running for a Best Lead Actor nomination, but Tom Hanks is just ho-hum being Tom Hanks, <laughs> one of the best actors we've ever had in the world. So it's great to see him in it. All right, what's next? Uh, Louis, Louis Tong says both Stranger Things 4 Volume 2 and The Boys Episode 7 are releasing this Friday. Which are you more excited for, John? Listen, I'll tell you what. I have enjoyed this season of Stranger Things more than any other season of Stranger Things. This has been the best they've ever been. This show is firing on all cylinders. But I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you I'm watching The Boys first. This has also been, I believe, the best season. You know what? And maybe it's unfair to call it the best season they've done so far. They are doing so good of building on what they've already done, yes. right? Everything is about their character progressions and where we're at right now. And so I love them both. I cannot wait to watch both. But for me, The Boys is going to be the first thing up on the dock. What about you? I, I think you're right about that. I, but both shows have really built on their past. They really have. Yeah. I mean, they've really taken all of their... I love the fact that Stranger, the, the ensemble cast of Stranger Things just keeps getting bigger. And they've really built on the past. And, like, I liked... I thought season two was too similar to season one. And I liked season three. I was like, that's fun. But this season, 
and the trailer that we've seen for this upcoming these upcoming two one's a 90 minute episode one's two and a half hours yeah they've got four hours of i mean of that's episodes incredible they ha again i said it before i will say it again put this in context the last two episodes of stranger things are longer than the entire obi-wan series yeah yeah just just to put that in context i mean i have to say but the boys dude has been so good this season. Uh, they've, good. they've plussed everything. And they've set up a situation with all of the different characters that for me is just intellectually compelling. I really want to know what's going to happen. And yeah. that's that's great entertainment. That's great television. And to add to that, we're not talking about it wasn't the question, but For All Mankind is another great genre series. And so is The Umbrella Academy, which I thought... You know, people said they didn't like this third season as much, but it's really compelling. It's really interesting stuff. So there's four great genre shows on right now that I can't wait to see the next. Well, I've already seen Umbrella Academy, but the boys, like you said, I'm going to watch that first because after the dynamic of what happened, that four way battle we saw. Oh, my God. What is the fallout of that? Yeah. What's going to happen next? I have no clue. So I'm with you. I'm going boys and then Stranger Things. All right. What's next? But it's going to be a hell of a weekend. Anubis Genocide sends in a super chat and says, one of four. Oh, good luck. <laughs> I know, right. Hi, John and crew. Greetings from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, hello to the Forks, man. I John, love the I've, Forks. I've been to Winnipeg. It's great. Was worried I would have a difficult time watching the Herogasm episode of The Boys with... A second because i did see it but it's just up here so we gotta go fast uh, go. oh wait there's one with how much the filthy was being hyped but i really enjoyed that the filthy was a backdrop to really good plot and character beats and that fight my god that's well, right here so there it is yeah we can get all it four. really was a case of <laughs> come for the filth <laughs> i see what you did there stay for the excellent writing and actor performances though still we need to right here cleanse my palate with something wholesome like miss marvel or the anime spy versus family I, I get we talked about this a little bit before that this is a great representation of what the brilliance of the boys is the boys doesn't do shock gags just for the sake of shock gags they always are there to highlight and provide context to narrative development herogasm was not the point of the episode. Herogasm became the backdrop and the environment in which the story and the character, the individual characters' narrative paths were to take. It was the setup and the environment for this incredible four-way battle that happened. It was a setup in the environment for A-Train running into the guy that paralyzed his brother. It was the environment for this relationship tension between Huey and Starlight to come to a head and finally kind of have it out. It was all the, these are the things that make the boys one of the best things on television and the backgrounds become one of the most bonkers things on television. Yeah. It is a beautiful mixture of all of it and I love the way you articulated it. Well said. Yep. All right. What's Agreed. next? Agreed. Uh, Al Renshaw says, thanks for the advice. If I don't order them soon, once I see my Boba Fett toy in the mail in a few months, I will think what would look good next to it and order the rest. Well, I think Al's talking about yesterday. It was either in the mailbag or I think yesterday on the show, he was asking about. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Ahsoka and, you know, the answer is always, Al, 
Order them all. Tell you what, let's let's get my shot here. So I was at uh, a place we got to go back to, Frankenson's, uh, and I got this one quarter statue scale Deadpool. I saw it, fell in love with it, bought it up. And then here's how this is a slippery slope, Rob. <laughs> Once I bought this thing, it's a beautiful statue by Sideshow. They had another one-fourth, one-quarter scale inch Mandalorian on all this wreckage holding the child. That is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And this is the danger of Sideshow Collectible and Hot Toy stuff is that you put out the money for one, you're like, oh, you know, it would look great right beside it. And I was willing <laughs> and ready to plop down another stupid chunk of money to buy it, but fortunately for me, it was a display only. They were out of stock. <laughs> but it becomes dangerous because you're right. Once you get one of these guys or one of the hot toys, like there's a great Billy Butcher that Rob's got over there on his desk holding the laser eye baby right there. Yeah. Once you buy one, that's the danger. You think, what would look great beside it? And then before you know it, you're broke. Well, that's the worst part is that one is cool. But when you put someone else next to it, it's even cooler. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, the social network. It's like, one hot toy isn't cool. Eight hot toys is cool. Like, a million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. You know what's cool? Eight hot toys. And that, yeah, it becomes dangerous. All right. And when you put them into displays, it's even worse. All right, what's next? What is next? I'm in. Says, uh, if the Star Wars film comes out in 2024... It will conflict with Avatar 3, so either it won't release in December or one will move to 2025. Also, right now, there is no big Disney film scheduled for December 2023. Again, here's the problem, uh, or it's not the problem, but it's the workaround. Christmas, more and more of the last number of years, have become a murderer's row. And Christmas, they've shown, can have multiple big films open in Christmas week, and all of them can make money. Yeah. Because everybody is going to the movies in Christmas week. So <clears throat> number one, they've, or they have put out star Wars movies, not at Christmas time. So there's nothing that says if it comes out in 2024, that it has to come out at Christmas time. Not at all. And come out anytime it wants. Right. So it can come out in September and come out in July it can come out in November if they want, or it can come out in December. And I think both those movies can make money. So I really don't think there's a problem there with that whatsoever. So I think we're good. I think we're okay. Hmm. All right. What's next? Sin Vendetta says, no, John, unfortunately, I am not your pool guy. Huh. However, if you are ever in need of aid, light the beacons and I will answer. The beacons have been lit. Campius pool calls for aid. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that was again from yesterday's show because he was mentioning. And Sin Vendetta shall answer. Shall answer. <laughs> Sin Vendetta cleans pools in the Riverside area. I have a pool in the Riverside area, but uh, he is not apparently my pool guy. All right. What's next? Will he come to Redlands? <laughs> and he says, instead of the Book of Ashanti, Doctor Strange should have looked for the Axe of Zaslav. That would have given him the power to outmatch Wanda. I could take down anybody. He could have taken off the hand of Thanos with the gauntlet on it. <laughs> right there, the Axe of Zaslav, man. It is mighty. And it, it is, is mighty. Thirsty. It thirsts for more. It wants more cuts. All right. What's next? Deep cuts. <laughs> Casey Mack says, hey, John and crew, I'm just wondering, has any of you watched the first two episodes of Murderers in the Building season two yet? I have not. Only Murders in the Building has now come out with season two. I've not watched the first two episodes yet. Ann and I 
both like the show. We're we're gonna get on that, but no, I've not caught up yet. But uh, man, I <sighs> Steve Whatever. Martin and Martin Short. <laughs> They're ha- how much fun are they having on this show? And, uh, and a, a with ball. Selena, is it Selena Gomez? Gomez, yep. I mean, and she fits in with them so well. So who would have thought? Like I, when I first started watching that show, I, the three of them together are great. Yeah, great chemistry. Great. I, I forgot that season two dropped. What's it on? Hulu, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. What's next? Uh, King Tannic goes on to say, "Almost finished with my feature documentary that I've been working on for over a year. Congratulations. Nice. Any tips on how to get the movie to play at a theater for one screening so I can watch it with all who worked on it? Well, look. If all you want to do is to get a private screening." Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's true in every thing. Just look up your local movie theaters and, and they will all have private booking options because mm-hmm. they're all looking to make money. So just find, a, see if you can find like an independent, a smaller independent theater, get in touch with them, find out how much it would cost to rent the theater on a night and, and you should be good to go. It's, re- it's really not that hard, especially if you're just looking for a one night, one event. So depending on the city that you're in and how big your town is, I don't think you'll have that big of a problem doing it. So congratulations. By the way, doing that is a lot of fun. I've done that myself, and it's always great. And congratulations for finishing it. Yes, that's huge. All right, what's next? Uh, Fredo Valcos comes in again and says, hey, cool guys. John, what's your picks for UFC 276? Um, Izzy and Volk. Uh, I think think both champions hold on to their belts. Uh, I am looking forward to this third rematch uh like for for that title but i think both champions hold on to their belts mm-hmm. those are my picks i have no answer for you misha tate, baby <laughs> what's that misha tate oh i forgot misha's fighting on the I card too root for her yeah she her. won i think she won her first fight back but then lost her last fight i think anyway yeah it would be great to see her win again all right what's next mm. Al Renshaw says, I haven't heard you guys talk about how in Doctor Strange 2, the commentary, Raimi also says that Krasinski's Reed Richards used Doctor Doom's time portal. Thoughts? I I didn't hear that. Well, yeah, I, I haven't. I really want to listen to that commentary. I know it's on Disney Plus, but you know me. I have to wait to get my 4K to watch the audio commentary. So I have not actually watched it. I just saw what was reported. Yeah. But I'm I'm definitely, because I, I love Raimi's commentary, so I'm going to listen to that commentary. I just don't have it yet, but I will be listening, and then I can report back. Rob, right. I'm going to get a VHS transfer for you. We're going to watch it on a flat screen with no added speakers. Come on, okay? dude. It'll be Forget pristine. 1080. Go for that glorious 240. Yes. All right, what's wow. next? You guys are. Ryan Platt says, been a fan for over a month now, and you guys have helped me through some really rough things and times. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad you, you're here, Ryan, and part of our community now. And that, again, listen, we've always said that's one of the great things about movies and movie fan community is that it gives us an opportunity just to take our worries, troubles, whatever's going on in life, put aside for a second, and allow our minds and imaginations to relax and recuperate a bit as we delve into the worlds of fantasy and stories, great stories that are told, and sharing our love of those stories with each other. So I'm glad you found us, and I'm glad that you're here, man. So thanks for writing that, and we appreciate that. All right, what's next? Uh, Danito says, film pet peeve. Who asked for this? And cash grab. Um... In terms of like a movie's a cash grab or who asked for this movie to get made? Um, I think I think what he's saying is it it's a pet peeve when he hears people say, Who asked for this? <clears throat> right. And then cash grab. I again my answer, the cash grab one is a big peeve of mine hearing fans say that that was just a cash grab. Newsflash. <laughs> Every movie ever made 
is a cash grab. This is a business. It's a product to be sold. Yep. It's, they make a product to be sold in the hopes of making money. Every movie you've ever loved is a cash grab. And there's nothing wrong with that. All right. What's next? Casey Max says, hey, John and crew. I just want to say we're only a few days away from finding out what happens in the Stranger Things season four finale. Can't wait. Well, I mean, here's the funny thing. We know what happens, right? Newsflash. Vecna doesn't kill everybody because there's going to be a Stranger Things season five. Well, maybe now one or two of them may get knocked off. Yeah, right. Sure. But we, we the good guys are going to win because there's a season five. Then I don't know how. See, but still, it's been the way they've told these stories. And I've loved these characters. I do, too. And I am, despite the fact that I've said that the first thing I'm going to be watching is the boys. Make no mistake. I'm very excited for these last two episodes. Oh, yeah. Of Stranger. I've never been more excited for Stranger Things than I am for these last two episodes. Plus, I mean, the last episode, two and a half hours is a commitment. The boys, I can knock yeah. off and get it done. Well, but the you last guys, two episodes, because they're dropping the last two episodes. Of I what? know. That's, that's nine hours. It's four hours. I mean, it's that's that's a tough call. That's a lot of that's a lot of strange. All right. What's next? Nicholas Clark says, hey, all my fiance, Sarah, got me hooked on your show. Well, she's got good taste. Uh, one of her favorite movies is Jaws. Would you guys ever consider a movie club episode on it? Absolutely. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, and plus, it's summer. Maybe because, you know, next week is the 4th of July. You know, you're going to have a panic on your hands on the 4th of July. I mean, Jaws <laughs> takes place on the 4th of, at the 4th of July. Yeah, I mean... Well, we're not doing a full regular show on the 4th of July. I will be doing the John Campion show solo on the 4th of July. Um, but, yeah, listen, we, we are now only going to be doing Movie Club like once a month. But Jaws will definitely at some point be one of those. Because, again, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. One of the most important movies ever made, too. Because it was the first movie that they really did a nationwide coordinated release. Uh, it was the first true real blockbuster kind of thing. I mean, it was just, there's so many things to go with it. It's such an important film. Absolutely, we'll talk about Jaws at some point. You yell barracuda. People say, huh? What? <laughs> you yell shark, and you've got a panic on your hands on the 4th of July. What's next? <laughs> Stub McShave says, keep one, lose one. Oh, keep one, lose one sequel. Dune 2 or Avengers 2? Well, that, that doesn't make sense. One we've never seen, one we have seen. Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I would get rid of Avengers, too, because you need Dune to finish the story. Dune was not finished. Yeah, but but again, for all we know, Dune's going to be crap. I mean, highly unlikely with good Canadian continue. <laughs> but again, one movie we've seen, one movie we haven't. You can only really do that game, keep one, lose one, with either movies that both have not come out and we're looking forward to, or both have come out and we know what we got. So it's kind of an uneven playing field. There. Tough one. All right, what's next? Uh, Andy says wisdom doesn't come from recognizing that you're wise, but when you realize whether or not you could cut it as a poor man stealing, that's both Gandhi and Gandalf. Right. Hold on. That last super chat. I think he probably meant of Avatar 2. Avatar 2 and Dune 2 would make more sense. To uh, be honest. It would. It would. Both haven't come out. Both that would make a lot more sense. Actually. Would make a, yeah. Then I'd be like, oh. Um, oh my God, that's, that's tough. That's a crazy thing to actually. That's tough. You're I, right about that. Right? I would have to say, keep Dune 2. Not necessarily because I think it's going to be better necessarily, but because I've got to live with Avatar for eight. How many years has it been since the first Avatar? 13. Came? 
13 years, like I just finished the first Dune and it ends right on a cliffhanger midway through the story. (laughs) Like at least the first Avatar was a complete movie, right? So for that basis, I would say keep Dune 2. I'm with you. But fortunately, we don't have to make that decision. No, we don't. (laughs) All right, what's next? Uh, yes, so we read I'm it, not quite sure what this means. Well, it's a good quote. It's just a quote. You know, uh, <laughs> but when you realize whether or not you could cut it as a poor man stealing. I thought they were doing a uh, Nickelback reference there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> made as a poor man stealing. Oh, no. <laughs> this is how you made me. All right, sorry. What's next? You're welcome, everybody, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> Whitehawk says Ben Affleck didn't have to come back as Batman, but he did. I wonder how he's feeling. Wow, that's true. I mean, the thing is... Yeah, that, Michael it, Keaton, the girl playing Supergirl, Ben Affleck, wanting to say, you know what? I want a proper farewell as Batman in a in a controversy-free zone. <laughs> oh, no. And, you know, it'll be nice to come back and play Batman one last time in a movie that's not surrounded by division and, and controversy where people can just celebrate the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'll do this Flash thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, poor Ben. Sad Ben is coming back. Oh. <laughs> the sad Affleck memes are coming back. All right, what's next? Raymond Verrata says, Top Gun Maverick may not retake the number one slot this week, but according to Dan... Oh, this oh last week. But according to Dan Merle, the one movie that came back to number one after a long gap of 12 weeks is the original Top Gun. Oh, really? That's, a, that's an interesting statistic. I have to go back and, and look at that. I mean, I know... The the craziest legs ever for a movie. I mean, we're we're both James Cameron movies. I mean, Titanic, yeah. which it's run it and Avatar's runs at the box office for the legs will never be ever be repeated again. But but that's a really interesting little that's, factor. That's, I like, I I like that Dan Merle. He finds those good nuggets. You got wonder too, because uh, after the first Top Gun, they had a big uptick in um like people signing up for the Air Force or whatever. Yeah. And I actually wonder if this is gonna have an effect on that as well. Oh, I think it I know will. the 80s and now at a different time, but still. Well, also, unfortunately, part of the message of Top Gun 2 is that the age of pilots is coming to an <laughs> end. Over. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Slide drones. Yeah, no one believes that. They all believe in Maverick. And by the way, yes, we, we did talk about that. The initial box office report that came out Sunday uh, had Jurassic World Dominion as number two at the box office. Only, what was it? only that's the weekly chart where's my weekend chart there's my weekend chart okay so when the initial box office report came up for the weekend on sunday these are the estimates it had top gun maverick as number one at the box office but it was only ahead of jurassic world dominion by 179 dollars but it turns out now that the actuals and and and, uh, elvis was not far behind it the actual numbers have come out, and now it's been rearranged. Elvis finished number one at the box office, making $31.2 million. Top Gun Maverick came in at number two at the box office at $29.6. And Jurassic World Dominion came in at number three with $26.7. Black Phone came in at fourth with $23.6. And Lightyear came in fifth with $18.1. So, uh, yeah, those were the numbers there for that one. Those are all good numbers. Good all people. Good, all good numbers. The movies, well, man. Lightyear a little disappointing. Yes, but I mean, in terms of People going to the theater. Yeah, the number five movie made $18 million. Yeah. The number five movie. That's Pretty good. That's a good weekend for it's the box office. a good weekend. Maybe not for Pixar itself. <laughs> not, so, not so much for Pixar. good for movie going. I have a feeling that Black Phone's going to have some legs on it. I agree. 
It's like it's like, it may not have because this was the first weekend it came out, right? Yeah, yeah it's not getting the word of mouth. Yeah. They say everything everywhere all at once did, but it's a good movie. I think yeah. it's going to get good word of mouth. It'll be People there for a little bit. It. All right, what's next? Uh, what is next? Crashing Coyote, one of two. Uh, you Joker or Owls? Use both. Have Batman struggle and have to break Joker out in order to help stop the Owls. And when Bats returns Joker, he tricks him into into the cell to tease the third movie as a real Arkham Asylum movie like Batman Die Hard trapped inside with his rogues and we get the criminal mastermind Joker. You know what? I like that idea, but but we don't know many rogues yet. Well, there's that and if you watch the deleted scene, there is no reality in which that Batman, Robert Pattinson's Batman, <laughs> goes to that Joker and would break him out of jail. Right. I mean, it, it just, it would make no narrative sense. So I don't mind the overall picture you've got in your head. That's kind of interesting, but I, I just don't see this character, the way they presented it to us so far, yeah. actually doing that. I, I agree with you. All right. What's I next? Agree. Uh, the hardcore sellout. I like that name. <laughs> I was unfortunately taken to the hospital due to the cold case of the peekaboos. I was put in the ICU. Come on. I'm not even going to give the drum shot for that. No drum shot for you. Bad. Bad. Pankies. Go back to your room and think about what you've just done. All right, what's next? Anorag, see why I'm laughing, though. Anorag P says, I wish Carrie Fisher could have met young Leia. Oh, my God. Again, listen, not a big fan of the Obi-Wan series, but certain things about it I love. The big, obviously, last fight, first episode, that kid playing Leia. She's great. Gold. Absolute gold. Right, I'm sure would have loved her. Uh, Chef Rigo. 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 Yesterday, I had brunch at the block in Orange County nice. and then had a double feature with Elvis and Black Phone. Movies are back. Black Phone really sobered me up. Uh, <laughs> that, first of all, I, Ann and I have done that. We've gone to the block, grabbed dinner, and I don't think we've ever done a double feature there, but the block is a great place to go. We it's, it's in Anaheim near Disneyland, just so everybody knows. Uh, it's a great place to go, but that's a good double feature. I get, oh, I really good. I didn't super love Elvis just because, again, <clears throat> I think the movie was about 20, 25 minutes too long. But I did enjoy it a, a good amount. Great performances. And Black Phone is just a hell of a fun movie. Really, really good. That's a nice double feature, Rigo. It's a good right. one, Chef Rigo. What's next? Dr. J says, I immediately thought of Lord Zaslav leaning on his axe and breathing a sigh of relief after seeing the twins being depicted in The Boys. <laughs> I can hear both Zaslav and Soldier Boy saying, these effing twins. I don't get it. Well, What's the Zaslav the, connection? I, I don't... I, well, I, is it Wonder I, Twins? And then is, are, were there twins in... in... Uh, oh, oh, yeah, is that a Wonder Twins? That might have been a be. shout to but Wonder Twins. were there twins in, uh, in uh, The Boys? There are, there are, well, they're not Wonder Twins, but... They do function a little bit like the Warner Twins. Like, the, they, well, they, the, yeah, the, the what's twins. What's the name of their death shot? <laughs> I don't know. Like, that would tell where they, they have to, they hold hands and they're able to fire, like, this lethal blast of energy. Yeah, see, that's what, because they're like the Wonder Twins. It was a riff on, they were, I mean, what I, you know what's so funny to me? That, that house where it took place, I was thinking, like, the sleazy 70s. It was such, like, the 70s party house it was so out of our time and they were so kind of gross i love them 
<laughs> I mean, I, I just thought they were they were it was a perfect depiction of that. And I, I loved it. But that's that's what they're talking about, equating the different Wonder Twins. Because the Wonder Twins have to put their fists together and say, yeah, OK, OK, I get it. I yeah. get it. Those if damn twins. TNT twins, the, they're the, saying. The, yeah, OK, the, the TNT, TNT twins. twins. Yeah. Yeah. And they were the, you know, the Wonder Twins because they clearly were riffing on that. Right. Except one didn't turn into water and the other turned into an animal. <laughs> no. they, they, they would combine and then they would be able to shoot some powerful shot of energy. But yeah. Anyway, okay, I get it now. I get it. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, Connor Dorian says, did you know that the Black Phone is an adaptation of a short story done by Joe Hill, who is the son of Stephen King? Yes, I did. Yeah, I think you actually were telling me about yeah. that. Uh, no, I didn't we know that. Nice. Yeah. yeah, they talked about a little bit at CinemaCon as well. Yeah. Oh, about the origins of the story as well. <laughs> I'm a huge Joe Hill fan. I have a number of his books and the short story collections. He's great. He also wrote the book Horns that Daniel Radcliffe start in really because yeah. i like that i like i like torrents too and that's also based on a joe hill uh book all right good stuff what's next uh stomach shave says rob made a rob made a worse gang bong faux pas than john i don't recall i did i think i did it on my own show and it was it was <clears throat> you know you you misspeak you misspeak well, <laughs> yeah I, look it's an old story, but it goes back a couple years. We were talking about Shane Black's movie, Kiss Kiss, Bang Bang. And I had once inadvertently said, Kiss Kiss, Gang Bang. And no one's ever let me forget about it since. And that's probably why I slipped with it to get there. Anyway. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, Cutter Hale says, what are your favorite movies so far this year? Mine are Father Stew, U-M-O-M-T. Uh, what is that? No, U-W-O-M-T. Yeah, guys, please do not write an acronyms. And Top Gun Maverick. I've seen Top Gun five times. It's amazing. Why? We should know this. Uh, it's not Multiverse of Madness. Uh, under where Underwater I'm... Underwater on Mount... Something. Uh, sure. I don't know what that is. But what... Father Stu... I didn't see Father Stu. I, you know, I, I, it looks good to me. I kind of want to see it. Uh, something I'm going to catch up on. Uh, when it comes out on streaming, unbearable weight. Oh, the unbearable oh, weight of massive uh, talent. Of thank course, you, Cutter Hale. Thank you, Cutter. Which, by the way, guess what I got on Blu-ray this week? Oh, a hot toy. No, on the unbearable weight of massive. Oh. 4K, actually, got the 4K disc <laughs> of the unbearable weight of massive talent. I'm telling you, if you start buying miniature 4K Blu-rays for your hot toys, I'm done. I'm going. I'm just out. <laughs> well, I have mini I have six scale quarters for my six scale uh, stand up arcade games. Does that count? I even have a six scale change machine that you plug the six scale video games into. I've got Tempest, Asteroids, 1943, and Qbert. Ooh, I like that. You like that? Qbert. And they're all at perfect replicas of the original six scale or the original stand up. I don't know why this is relevant to anything, but I'm just, it's true. Al Renshaw says, we need a special segment called Rob's Advice. He is doing the Lord's work with his advice. Never admit to anything. Oh, Al is referring to um, when you buy hot toys and things like that and they get delivered. Just don't ever admit that you bought them. It's always, you tell your significant other, no, baby, I already had this. And if, if you don't want them to know, you divert the UPS package to the UPS store. You go there and you pick it up. You open it up. You put it on the shelf and you just pretend like, oh, yeah, you didn't notice this before. <laughs> it's always been here. All right. What's next? <laughs> Stubble McShave says, are marketing promises for Flash in the contracts? They are. Actors contractually have to do press for yes. a movie. 
but the studio, the studio, that's at the studio's discretion. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, like, so Ezra is contractually required to appear at press events. Warner Brothers is not contractually obligated to bring Ezra Miller to the <laughs> that press. That is events. correct. So it's uh, it's just like a, a multi film deal. Like when an actor signs up for five films, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be in five films. Right. That only means if the studio wants them in five films, they need to contractually show up. But it doesn't mean that the studio has to put them in it. So that's something to keep in mind. Mm. All right. What's next? Uh, Matt Mobile. Sends in a super chat and says, sup, my moisty boys. <laughs> <laughs> I realized the other day that the Cohen, <laughs> I realized, hold on, Ray. I, I, let me get through this. I realized the other day that the Coen Brothers movie, The Lady Killers with Tom Hanks, has never been put on Blu-ray. What's up with that? That movie is so underrated to me. Your thoughts? I love Lady Killers. I know a lot of people consider it to be one of the Coen Brothers' weaker films. I get it. Not everybody loves it, but waffles, my good woman. We need waffles forthwith. I love that. J.K. Simmons is so freaking funny. Tom Hanks is brilliant. It. I had no idea. I mean, I don't care about physical media, so I, I didn't know it's not on Blu-ray. I, I didn't either. I mean, I have great. I have the original. The original is an Ealing Studios comedy that was made in I think the '40s, uh, and I have that original on 4K disc from Studio Canal, but. Uh, I didn't know that that Lady Coast wasn't on disc. Yeah, neither did I. Or it might have been on disc at one point, and then it it's out of print because it didn't make a lot of money. So somebody will put it back out. I'm sure. Somebody will put it back out. Uh, Stevie P says, hey, John, going to Vegas next weekend, going to play some poker for the first time there. I'm not a rookie, only a Vegas rookie. Any tips? Um, let me see the question again. Bring, bring it back up there for a second there. Uh, going to Vegas next weekend, going to play some poker for the first time there. Um, I would say do not go to Bellagio because <laughs> you'll get eaten alive there. Um, <clears throat> go to a place like Harrah's. Uh, go to, although Harrah's got the World Series going on right now. Aria is a good, fun place to go. Um, the brand new Resorts World, I've heard it's got a nice poker room. Um, Caesars is actually mostly just tourists playing, even though Caesars is a, you know, is a, obviously one of the most iconic hotels there, but not a lot of the pros go to play at Caesars. So yeah, but just, you know, don't go like all the pros. You've probably seen a lot of movies, the Bellagio don't go there. Cause you'll get eaten alive. Yeah. That, that's my best advice. <laughs> that's right. that's the early. ocean's <laughs> 11 hotel. Yeah. <laughs> that's, all right. That's what's next? Terry, um, Casey Mack. Says, I just wanted to let you know recently they released the episode titles for Doom Patrol. So maybe that means season four will come sooner than later. Well, I mean, if they've released the the uh, episode titles, then that probably means that we're going to get an announcement. Yeah, yeah we'll soon. get it soon. God, I that's another one. Again, Umbrella Academy, The Boys, Doom Patrol. All these shows that came out roughly around the Great. same era. So good and so different and unique from each other, but they're just banger good. All right. Ooh, so I just got a... Breaking news from Wall Street Journal that the Disney board voted unanimously to renew CEO Bob Jacobs. Yeah, that, that's that's years. not news. I mean, that but was totally expected. They, they knew happen. that two years ago that they were going to give him at least one extension. So that's not really yeah, there's news. There's no way they're going to speak later. <laughs> Fully, but yeah, after the question is going to be what happens after that, yeah. the 2025. And it's only till 2025. So yeah. we'll see what happens from there. All right, what's next? Uh, Morgan Holmes sends in a $20 super chat. Thank you so much, Morgan. Uh, first, I would like to thank the Campia team. Love the show. No, let's address the elephant in the room. Just release the Flash movie. I want to see it. You want to see it. Make as much as you can off it. 
and then just recast Ezra. Listen, that is, it is the answer that is obviously probably the most beneficial. Look, the movie's done. <clears throat> it's been made. It's been shot. It's been put together. It's ready to go. Put it out. Get what you can for it. Let that way the story, like Ray was pointing out earlier, the story beats happen that you need to have happen for other movies to go on. And then once it's done, you announce that Ezra Miller is no longer Flash. Say there's scheduling conflicts. Say Ezra Miller is going to build a retreat center in Tahiti or something. You do whatever you want to do, but you announce him that Ezra Miller is now no longer Flash. Apparently they made this movie very well. Apparently it's good. Apparently there's other DC movies that are relying on the story beats that happen in this. Just put it out, get it done, get it behind you, and then move on. I think that's mm -hmm. the one that makes the most sense right now. All right, what's next? Uh, Ahmed E says, the offer is freaking amazing. My family is hooked. It's ridiculously good. I was, uh, every minute it was on, I was just enthralled with it. It's just great performances, great storytelling. Took a little bit of liberties with the truth. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, but also really nailed some of the historical yes, things. Yes, absolutely. But it's just, it's great television. I really enjoyed it. Really good. So much fun. Uh, Stomach Shave goes on to say, Rob, weren't you going to bring the Elvis hot toy? You know what? I was going to bring the Elvis hot toy. I still can. It's actually Enter Bay. It's not, it's not a hot toy. It's, an, it's made by Enter Bay. And I need to bring it in. I'd love to see it. I'll bring it. I keep forgetting. I need, I keep forgetting to bring a second uh, figure. I should bring that in. Mm -hmm. um, Jay Bling says, I don't mean to crap on Madam Web preemptively. What? what? What's he talking about? <laughs> I don't mean to crap on Madam Web preemptively. I'm just trying to manage expectations. Yeah, look, and I don't think anybody coming out of Morbius is wrestling with overly high expectations. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's safe to have hopes. But yes, I don't think anybody's going into Madam Web thinking, this is going to be the greatest thing ever made. I mean, we can hope it's good. But yeah, I think I I think we're all doing pretty good with managing our expectations on. Well, someone pointed out it was the Morbius writers too. So yeah, yeah. you'll get a direct. Maybe the ad line from Adam Webb will be, it's Mormon time again. It's Mormon time <laughs> again. Stephen DeLint Wooters says, have you guys seen Men? That's Alex Garland's new movie. I thought the first two acts were great, but then the finale became so ridiculous, the movie lost all of its meaning. Thoughts? I didn't see it yet. I, listen, I like his movies. I do too. But I heard nothing but bad things about it. And I, it kind of took all the wind out of my sails for having any enthusiasm about going to check it out. And I never did. So I, Listen, just, just because it's an Alex Garland movie, I will watch it at some point. But I, none of the people that I know personally who saw it had very many glowing things to say about it. Yeah. So I decided instead of just disappointing myself, I'll, I'll just wait. So unfortunately, no. All right, what's next? Connor Dorian says, did you know that every episode of Stranger Things cost, Stranger Things 4 cost $30 million? I did know that because I read about that. Yeah. 30 million bucks. Yeah, um, which is which is good. Again, infinitesimal compared to feature film like movie budgets. Yeah, I mean uh, like major budgets, but still very very expensive. <laughs> very Nothing expensive. compared to Lord of the Rings, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, they put a lot of money into this thing. A lot. And a lot of, of that has to do with the growing contractual salaries for yeah. these performers as well. Yep. yep. All right. What's next? Uh, Ryan Obidos sends in a super chat and says, "Hi, John." 
What do you think about the finale season of Better Call Saul? I just wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, as I've said many, many, many times, I watched Better Call Saul up to about season two or three. Liked it very much. But then when like season four came out, I just never got around to watching it. Um, so I am not caught up. I am not caught up. So I have no thoughts on the finale. Yeah, I watched the first season, but then I wanted to wait. Like Breaking Bad, I didn't watch much of. The first season, same thing. Then I bought the <clears throat> Blu-ray set the whole thing and sat down and binged it all in the documentaries it was awesome so i decided to do the same thing with better call saul neat gonna buy it all right what's next rafael castillo says mass oh i know master model builder greg Jean has passed away his work runs from dark star to close encounters of the third kind star trek and beyond greg Jean, i actually knew him a little bit was one of the nicest men in the industry and he he worked on like John Carpenter's Dark Star. He worked on movies like Laser Blast. He built like the mothership for Close Encounters. Wow! I mean, he his some of the greatest model work ever in any movie is in Spielberg's 1941. He did most of it. The whole like the whole Santa Monica Pier and when the when the Ferris wheel goes right. rolling down and the 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 giant Hollywood Boulevard when the planes are strafing. I mean, and they feature he, that a lot at uh, Universal. Oh, yeah, he, he was amazing, and he passed away after a long illness. And he was one of the nicest guys in the industry, and he worked on everything. I mean, he worked on Star Trek. He worked on any major movie that had models in it from the 70s on. There was not many he didn't touch, and he passed away. Thanks for writing that in, by the way. Uh, Max Bolton says, what are your thoughts on Marvel and what people think uh, to be their green screen problem? Did you notice it in anything like No Way Home or Shang-Chi? I have no idea what they're talking about. Well, I think that they shoot a lot of, you know, they shoot a lot of movies now on green screen like in Atlanta. Sure. And I think a lot of people think that, well, you can tell it was a green screen. Uh, listen, from from a visual effects point of view, they do it damn good. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know. But listen, I have some criticisms about Phase 4 Marvel. I, I mean, I've talked about it a lot. Ain't none of them have to do with the visual effects. Ain't none of them have to do with the green screen problem. None of the problems there. That that is to me, that has nothing to do with it. Um, I mean, obviously, in the in the television stuff, it's a little bit more noticeable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But but honestly, especially when it comes to the theatrical stuff, I I take no issue with the stuff I've seen. Well, also, I mean. Just because you know that it's an effect shot, like when I watch Star Wars, I don't think to myself, "Well, those are models." Right. Well, for the Death Star, it's just that's that was the technology of the time. That's what they use. So when I see green screen backgrounds of like, I, I clearly in Thor: Love and Thunder, there's a lot of green screen backdrops and fantasy. They didn't actually go to Olympus. <laughs> well, like, apparently they didn't. I mean, you know. And so I think it's always whenever I hear that, like you can tell it's green screen. I'm like, but you can always know it's a visual effect i mean they didn't go to the like you just said the location. here's the funny thing though is that the, the people who say that nine times out of ten they probably don't know if it's a green screen effect <laughs> that's the thing there's a lot of times there's a lot of shots that happen in these things that just because there's not a spaceship in the background or a monster in the background a lot of stuff that you see and totally think is real and you have no idea is actually probably green screen as well and that's just how good that they've gotten at this kind of stuff oh like yeah that. like if you ever seen Dave, uh, uh david fincher's zodiac it's a movie oh, that yeah i had like half the stuff in that i had no idea no it was idea. green screen dude watching <laughs> the behind the scenes on how they did zodiac i was like no way just cars on street corners recreating period san francisco it was insane totally all right insane. what's next 
Uh, Connor Dorian says, John, have you watched the new season of the Umbrella Academy yet? I have watched the first episode. Uh, again, obviously, I was away for a number of days between VidCon, World Series of Poker in Vegas, all that kind of stuff. So Ann and I sat down the other night, watched the first episode, really loved the first episode. That freaking Footloose scene, I was just filled with joy watching that. It was just so fun. Um, really liked the first episode, but I'm only one episode in so far. It's good. I haven't ended it yet, but it's good. All right, what's next? Uh, Jeremy144713 says, even Han Solo gets boarded sometimes. Yes, he does. I don't understand. He even says in the movie, even I get boarded sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but what's that a reference to? I I guess he's making a joke about Han Solo himself being boarded as opposed to his ship, like maybe by a lovely lady. I don't know. I have no idea what that means. Even I get boarded sometimes. By the way, I think right before them, Garrett Nuts had just sent in a super chat to be supportive. Thank you, Garrett. Appreciate that, man. I didn't see that, Garrett. I didn't mean to pass you by. Uh, Andy says, it's comic book goodies for me this week. Superman and Lois and Miss Marvel tonight, while I still watch with Umbrella Academy Season 3. New episodes (laughs) of The Boys on Friday. Hey, it is superhero goodness all up here in this sizzle. Tell you what, uh, by week two of Obi-Wan, the Disney Plus show that I was looking forward to every Tuesday night at midnight, because it is Tuesday night at midnight for us in Los Angeles, has been Ms. Marvel. Yeah. This show... I think, other than WandaVision, is easily the best thing Marvel has done on Disney Plus so far. It's I delightful. mean, it's so it's it's almost laughable how much better it is than Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Hawkeye. Again, like I said, the, the one exception I would make to that is WandaVision, which was a crazy high bar that they started with. I am loving this show so much. Again, I, I think I mentioned it last week that it's just it is a show that just fills you with joy. You watch it and you feel great and I'm smiling and I'm just loving watching it. Like just like the wedding scene from last week's episode is just so much fun and enjoyable. It puts a big smile on your face. I love this show so much. I'm so glad there's still three episodes to go. I'm yeah, to I agree. It. It's It's been delightful. All right. What's next? Uh, <laughs> Fang Blaze 71 says, I just got a PS5. What's the first game I should play on it? God of War. There you go. The first game I played on mine was Hot Wheels Unleashed. God of War, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, the director's cut. Ghost of Tsushima is beautiful. Ghost of Tsushima, the director's cut is gorgeous. Mm. Oh. All right, what's next? (laughs) Um, Connor Dorian says, did you know they're making a dark Casper TV series for Peacock? Like Casper the Friendly Ghost? I think I heard something about that. That they're going to do something like, I, mean, I don't think it's going to be like straight up horror, but right. I, I think I heard, I don't know much about it, but I believe I heard, that is an interesting. I love the idea of making a dark Casper show. I love the idea of taking <laughs> a property that is known as being one thing and then turning it on its head a little bit. Yeah. And to do that with Casper, that could be kind of interesting. I just hope they won't Riverdale it. Oh, you know they will. <laughs> well, well, no, it's Peacock. It's Peacock. It's not okay. Yeah, it might be better. It might be good. I'd All watch right. it though. Uh, Garrett Knott says hi John and Rob I'm currently reading Neuromancer by William Gibson what are your thoughts on whether it could be adapted well as a movie dude first of all for those of you who don't know Neuromancer came out in I believe 1984 and it was generally considered to be the dawn of the modern cyberpunk story and he wrote it William Gibson wrote it on the heels of Blade Runner so it's got that it's it's pretty dense and it's all about hackers and mainframes and it's a great it's a great book. 
Could they make it into a movie? I've read like 20 different versions of scripts for Neuromancer. It's really, really hard to do. And I think in the wake of like the Matrix and, and, and things like that, I don't know if it will ever get made. Uh, but it's really interesting. They got really carried. There's and there. It's also there's other books in that world. There's Count Zero and Mona Lisa Overdrive. I'm a huge William Gibson fan. William Gibson wrote a draft of Alien Three. Really? They, yeah, he wrote a draft of Alien Three, and they didn't make it, obviously, but they did adapt it in comic book form, and it's pretty interesting. All right, what's next? Uh, Jay Bling says, just FYI on the previous topic about the Madam Web writers. What? Matt, what is this Madam Web? Oh, wait. Uh, just FYI on the previous topic about the Madam Web writers. They don't have any good films on their resume. But they also have small resumes. So, again, I'm not going to worry about it too much at this point. Yeah. What's that movie? It's going to get old soon. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. We passed that point. We passed that point a while ago. KC Mac. Chris still likes it though. Casey Mack said, uh, "I've just got to, <laughs> I've just got to say, I had a chance to see the Black Phone this weekend and thought it was pretty good." Yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised by Casey. I, I, I really was. Now, of course, this producer Jason Blum, uh, Scott Derrickson, the director, and Ethan Hawke, the actor, they did another movie. Uh, and Robert Cargill. The writer uh, and the writer did another little horror movie t uh, together a couple of years ago. Sinister, Sinister, which was also pretty good. Really good. I thought this was better. I yeah. thought that I thought this was a step up in almost every way. Great tension, great story, uh, creepy, and again, like poor Aaron looked like she was hit by a truck. And the fact that, that was done. Ethan Hawke like is basically wearing a mask the whole time. You know, kudos to him. And it shows that you can make really good low-budget horror with a great and idea. And, man, he plays creepy well. Dude, so good. Yeah, really good. If you guys get a chance, take Casey's advice. Go check it out. I think you're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, uh, Faisal, okay, this is a hard one. Faisal Dargachu? That's Faisal as close as I would get. Do you think we will ever have a Squadron, Squadron Supreme movie? Squadron Supreme is the Marvel equivalent of the Justice League. I don't think we ever will. I don't think so either. But, I don't think. But here's the thing. Whenever you use the term ever, right. the answer is almost always yes. Right. Right. At some point, maybe, like eight years from now, 12 years from now, but like I don't see it coming anytime in the near future. I like the Squadron Supreme. It's funny you ask that because not a lot of people talk about that. Just yesterday, I was moving because I'm alphabetizing books. I just alphabetized my Squadron Supreme hardcovers. I don't know why I remember that. Why am I freezing out? What is the name of the DC superhero team from the future that all have the rings? They come back. They came. Well, there's back. the there's the Green Lanterns, but there's yeah, no, the no, Legion they, of Superheroes. The Le yeah, that's what it was. That's from what the thirtieth century. Thinking. Yes, with the Legion flight rings. That's it. That's exactly. It. Thank you. Which I love. I love the Legion. Mm -hmm. All and, right. And Superboy was a member of it for a What's while. What's next? William Roush says over or under twenty five percent. Rob does a mailbag with inappropriate questions. Uh, maybe someday. I, I, maybe I should just start collecting. Look, a late night mailbag. We we always have to go through the mailbag questions, and and we we take out questions that like for 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 example, I just let you guys a little bit behind the curtain, right? Like sometimes we have to take out questions because they are completely inappropriate. <laughs> sometimes we have to take out questions because, like, John, I'm making some soup tonight. Like, what kind of is like? Sometimes we have to take out questions because they're literally questions that nobody else in the audience would care about, right? And we got to keep in mind that we are making a show for an audience. And 
we can't just be throwing in like tons of questions. So people will write in things and like, or sometimes we'll get people write in like eight questions in a row and they're all basically the same thing. And it's like, right. okay, our audience is going to get bored hearing this and, and kind of tune out. So we, sometimes we have to take those out as well. So, I mean, yeah, sometimes we have to go through and we have to take some questions out and not, that's why we always remind people. It's like, like we, if we deem your question appropriate, we will use it. But if it's, if it's not appropriate, <laughs> oh, 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 then we probably won't. Hold on, hold on. I want to make it clear that I care about the soup you're making. Whoever's writing in. <laughs> I'll just uh, take them and give them over to Ray. Just send it to me. I'll read it and I'll, I'll, I'll help you out there. All right. <laughs> A review. Ray's review. What's next? Uh, Sam Fisher says, harumph, harumph, harumph. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. <laughs> what? I have no it's idea. Blazing saddles. About. Blazing saddles. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Hey, I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Harumph. I'm like, harumph, harumph. Oh, they got still one of the funniest moments. I mean, my number one funniest laugh out loud, hardest laugh ever is still from Spaceballs. When, you know, now Lone Star, you'll see that evil always trap because good is dumb. The way Rick Moranis delivers that line brilliantly written but his other movie blazing saddles has the second hardest almost passed out laughing line ever when he stands up and says hey where are the white women at where are all the white women at i nearly die to this day the delivery of the line is so impeccably done oh like like oh my god it's just one of the funniest movies excuse ever made. me while i whip this out <laughs> i mean the the, fu the the funny thing about that movie though is I think that movie is pretty triggering to modern audiences, especially oh, very edgy it's younger very... people. They're going to watch that and go, wait, what did they just say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it is not a comedy that has translated well to the modern age. The people need a safe or space. Or some might say maybe it translates well to the modern age in the, mo in the most perfect way. That, I mean, it, yeah, it that's you true. That's yeah. true. All right. What's if you next? haven't seen Mel Brooks's movies mm -hmm. on his 96th birthday, like you pointed out, check out Young Frankenstein. Check out Blazing Saddles. He did a Hitchcock homage called High Anxiety. That's really yeah. funny. Spaceballs, History of the World, Part One. Uh, Casey Max says, "You know, if we don't get a Rogue Squadron during Christmas next year, a Ghostbusters sequel may have lucked out because Avatar Three doesn't come out until 2023." Well, haven't they said that that Taika Waititi Star Wars movie is going to be the next Star Wars movie yes. that's made? That so there's no there's no opportunity we might get a Rogue Squadron movie. No, they they've already said the next one up is Taika's movie. That's the next one on the books, and then Rogue Squadron will come sometime after that, yeah. if it ever actually happens. Right. Right. If it ever actually, and I'm I'm not 100 sold on on that. It no, will. but I want to see it. Yeah, I still think it will, but I'm just not. I wouldn't put any money. I just on keep remembering that great promo they shot, you know, with Patty Jenkins on that airfield. Yeah, when she's in the back of the Tell car. Tell the story of her family yeah. in the Air Force, and and then she goes and there's that full size X wing on the tarmac. And I was like, come on, I want to see that. Yeah, me too. All right, what's next? Um, Danny Sanchez says, "Wow, I can't even believe I made the chat window." Well, Danny. You did. You did. So you thank you for being here. Window. Thank you, sir. What's next? Uh, Casey Mack says, whoops, I'm at 2024. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, because next year is 2023. <laughs> right. But you caught yourself. That's the important thing there, Casey. Thank you for that. Uh, Fangblaze71 says, I just finished Outer Range. It was okay. The most surprising thing was the guy who plays Rhett Abbott also played Bob 
on Top Gun 2. Oh, that's cool. Oh, was it? Yeah, I didn't know that. You know, I've wanted to watch this show because people say it's there's a science fiction component in it. There is. And I'm like, what? Okay, there's this hole in the ground. It, it's a frustrating show, to be honest. Oh, okay. Because it starts great. Because I, I watched, it was when I was up in Canada visiting my mom because she was in the hospital there. But um, I got through the first couple of episodes. I'm like, this is really good so far. And it just chokes itself out and dies. I mean, by the end of the show, I was just glad it was over. I mean, honestly, it didn't know how to take the concept and do much with it, which is too bad. And again, the guy who played Bob is, what's the actor's name again? Bill Pullman? Bill Pullman's son. It's Bill Pullman's son. The guy who, the the president from Independence Day. Yeah. Lone Star. uh, From from Spaceballs. That's his son who plays that role, which is pretty cool. All right, what's next? Um, By the way, we're going to have to start going a little bit quick through these guys. We're almost out of time here, so uh, let's get through these next last few ones. Sam Fisher says, happy birthday, Mel. Happy birthday to Mel Brooks indeed, Sam. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, Chris Hunt says, Cineplex is going to start charging $1.50 per online ticket purchase unless you're a member of their movie club. Um, Not unusual. I'll be honest with you. When I heard that Cineplex, which is the big Canadian theater chain, I was actually like, wait, they weren't doing that already? Regal does it. AMC does it, has done it for a long time. That if you buy your ticket online, they charge like a, an extra service whatever charge. for a service charge for buying it online, right? The convenience charge. But if you are a member of AMC A list or all that kind of stuff, those fees are waived. You don't you don't have that. So sure. while it is yet another new thing that Cineplex is doing, it's actually not unusual for the industry because uh, that's kind of been a practice that's been around for a while. Mm. All right, what's next? Uh, Harris McGrade says Christian Bale, Court of Owls with Nolan. Is better than Pattinson. Um, well, it's easy to say. It's easy to say something that isn't doesn't exist right. is better than something that does because you can't argue it. Like it's so well. Okay, you can think that. Now look, obviously, the Batman begins maybe not as much, but the Dark Knight is better than the Batman. Uh, but the Dark Knight, some people considered, some people consider it to be the greatest comic book film of all time. So that's a super super high bar. But whether or not a Court of Owls thing with Christian Bale and Christopher Nolan would be better than the Batman, well, that's impossible to say. That's all theoretical. That's just in your head. Although I think a Pattinson Batman, that world would lend itself very well to the Court of Owls storyline. That's the thing. The world that Matt Reeves created there is a perfect background for a Court of Owls. And I would say this. I would say it provides a better natural background for the Court of Owls than Nolan's Batman background does. I, I don't think Nolan's world facilitates a Court of Owls as well as the Matt Reeves world would. So I get, but then again, it comes down to how it would be executed. Yeah, I mean, basically, like Falcone then would have to be the tip of the iceberg, right? Because we already had a movie about how he's pulling the strings, but then if you're going to go Court of Owls, then it's like, well, then they actually were pulling the strings, and he was the tip of the iceberg. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but that's been the whole thing about the Court of Owls, right? Though the whole city operates and has operated, thinking they're in control of everything that's going on. Everybody's in control of their own destinies. The world has not known, the Gotham has not known that under the surface, it's actually been the Court of Owls the whole time. It's possible Falcone didn't even know about the existence of the Court of Owls. Right. So, I mean, depending on how they wanted to play it in the movie. So that's one of the interesting possibilities yep. with it. All right, what's next? Uh, Faisal uh, Dargachu says, movie idea, race car movie plus time travel where you race through the timeline. It sounds like a great scene. Yeah, I don't know if it sounds like a great movie, but <clears throat> every movie starts with a single idea, and that's an interesting premise. The idea of a race across time, that could actually be kind of yeah. interesting. It could be cool. I, I, yeah, I don't mind the idea as an initial concept. It had to be fleshed out, though. Yes, agreed. All right, what's next? 
Louis Louis Selders says, seeing Elton John at Dodger Stadium for his final shows in the U.S., maybe I'll see you guys around the Walk of Fame. Uh, I don't live around Hollywood anymore, so I live like an hour away from that, so maybe not. But I do know this. I don't ever plan of going to Dodger Stadium again. That place is a effing nightmare to get into and to get out of. It is an absolute freaking nightmare. That place so. is blue heaven on earth. <laughs> I mean, if I mean, it's Dodger great fan, when yeah. you're there. <laughs> yeah, if you're I love there, it when cool once place, you get inside. Great hot dogs, all that kind of stuff. But I do not plan on ever going back to that stadium again for any event. Uh, there's just, there's no easy way in and out. The traffic no. is a nightmare. It's hours and hours to get out of there. It's just it's absolutely crazy. They got to come up with something. I don't know what, but they got to come up with something. All right, what's next? Big drones drop you off. <laughs> Run Boy Production says, I think they should recast the Flash and edit the ending where Flash goes into a portal and changes in to the new Flash. Okay, I, I will say this again, though. I've had so many people write in and say, we'll have it so uh, he changes at the end. Why? What's the point? You, you do, Here's the thing. Throughout the history of Hollywood, a new actor shows up in the new movie, in a new movie. Happens all the time. You don't need a scene in this Flash movie where he goes into some kind of vortex and he comes out looking different. You don't need that. Well, how will the audience understand that it's a... <laughs> the audience will understand. We don't need to do this. You don't have to add anything like that to this Flash movie. You just end this movie where it ends, and then you start the next movie with a new actor in the role. They At the end of... They didn't need to go back and do a special edition of Iron Man 1 and change... Well, what was the name of the actor again who played uh, Rhodey in the first one? Um, he was just an empire. Uh, yes. Why am I drawing a he's blank? An he's on, an Academy Award uh, nominee. His, 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 his name. Uh, Come on, guys. What was the name why of am I drawing a blank Rhodey? on his name? Oh, my gosh. I just totally Why is everybody would, freezing? Like, I just he's an Academy on. Award nominee. I'm, I'm seeing him in... Uh, <laughs> the actor who played Rhodey. Who played Rhodey, not Don Cheadle. Why am the I drawing a blank? Oh, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Yeah, Howard. Yeah, That's right. By the way, uh, Papias was the first one in the live chat to put that in. It's not like they needed to go back. Well, we needed to do back, go back and do a special feature on Iron Man 1, where at the end, Terrence Howard falls into a pit of acid. His face goes into a pit of acid. And when they do the reconstructive surgery, now he looks like Don Cheadle. It's the only way people will understand why in Iron Man 2, he looks like Don Cheadle now. No, they didn't have to do that. They just did the next movie and a new actor was in the role. By the so, way, yeah. Don Cheadle as Rhodey has one of the great lines in any movie ever when he says, we're all about that superhero life. Oh, yeah. I love that line. Hey, new girl. We're yeah. all about that superhero yeah. life. I it's love so that good. Line. Such a good line. All right. What's next? Uh, Casey Max says, this is for Rob. Did you hear that the Lost Boys is getting a 4K re uh, disc release? Yes, I did. And it will look fantastic on 4K. I think that is my favorite vampire movie of all time. Oh. I, I, like, so I will you be buying the 4K disc to put into that beautiful PlayStation 5? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. My favorite not. Saxophone, saxophone solo in a movie. You're reading maggots, Michael. Uh, Izanti says, I'm watching the boys first because it technically comes on at 10 p.m. in New Jersey on Thursday. That's while true. While Stranger Things is Friday for yeah, me. Yeah, thank you, Amazon, for not dropping it at midnight. Los Angeles. It actually drops at like 6 or 7 p.m., yep. which is great. So it can be Thursday night. We'll sit down. So actually, that's a very good rational reason why to watch the boys first because watch the it boys, literally make comes out hours before stranger things that you can you can be all done with it by the time stranger things drops that's actually a really good reason man thanks for pointing absolutely. that out absolutely uh the teleworker sends in a super chat and says first time i've been able to watch live i hope you're all doing well 
What characters are you most looking forward to from the MCU in the future? Oh, look, I, I've said this for years. Although he's made brief appearances here and there in spot roles, I have been dying for a Bishop character. I love Bishop. I, I like Bishop a lot before the Age of Apocalypse storyline came out, the comic series. But Bishop in Age of Apocalypse really made me become super fascinated with the character. Especially at one point where he actually starts to fight Apocalypse. <laughs> which was and actually got to stand his ground a little bit against Apocalypse. I think Bishop I thought for a long time Bishop would be a fascinating character. I think it's a great choice. I mean, I would go back and say the X-Men in general, because, you know, Bishop, <laughs> when Bishop first was introduced in the comics, there was another character named Trevor Fitzroy that was yep. also evil and all that. I love to see all those characters, uh, that Scott Lobdell uh, era of X-Men, but just the X-Men, man. Yeah. But they're the coming. We know they're coming. I know. I just you want know, them. When they announced the Century movie starring Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> That's actually good casting for <laughs> Or the maybe Joel Kinnelman. I don't know. He's what a little old, though. Yeah. Skarsgård could play him. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, that, uh, Wesley Namella sends in uh, support. Thank you, Wesley. And A-Chaps sends in a super chat. Thank you guys for doing that. And guys, I, yes, I got, right? I, can we just run through these last four right here? Oh, um, we got more member chats. Members chats, yeah. Yeah, first of all, Wesley Namella, he gifted five memberships. Just wanted to point that oh, out. Oh, thank you, dude. That is so great. You guys, you, you gift memberships to other members. That's so cool of you guys to do. Thank you so much for that. That's awesome. Okay. Dante Sarakia, he writes, hey, guys, a happy four-month member here. I've been watching a new show on Sky TV called Lazarus Project. It's a time loop show that is brilliant, terrifying, and heartbreaking. Love you guys forever. Bring on the filthy. Wow, I haven't heard of What's that. What's it called again? Lazarus, Lazarus Project. Project. I'd First watch of all, that's that. very cool. I mean, I'm sure it has nothing to do with Raj Al Ghul, but it, it's a, that's a very cool title I, i've not heard Lazarus. of it thank you for putting that on our radar i'll keep my eyes yeah. open for it and thank you for being a member for four months man appreciate that quite quite gone gin and tonic writes hey guys just <laughs> just realized that there will be an overlap in august slash september of she hulk Andor, lord of the rings and house of fire running at the same time which wins the ratings war Ooh. disney amazon or hbo max hbo will win it easy it's look as, as much as some people may want to cry and whine and bitch about it Everybody wants to watch more Game of Thrones. Right. It, it, it's, it, it, it will. Now, I personally, my guess is that the Lord of the Rings series will be the best series. But I'm looking forward to all three. I love the She-Hulk trailer. Uh, and I cannot wait for this Lord of the Rings thing. It's my most anticipated thing coming on television. But I am very excited about this Game of Thrones House <laughs> of the Dragon stuff. I have to say, despite we're Luke, that we're lukewarm on Obi-Wan, I have high hopes for Andor. I oh, really yeah. do. That's yeah, I, 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 I mean, yes, me too. But he, he specifically asked about those three. So which one? No, he added uh, Andor was on that list. Did he yeah, say yeah, Andor? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he did say. I missed that. So, Even yeah, with yeah. Andor and She-Hulk, I think it's the other two that are are going to win. They're just such yeah. I mean, projects. I mean, the Lord of the Rings series is going to have so much hype to it. Yeah. But I just think Andor is going to be the best. In my mind, it'll probably be the best Disney Star Wars show yet. Even better than Mandalorian. Okay, I, the trailer two. certainly looks great. It's got mm -hmm. a lot of promise. I got fa Fanjecture. He writes, even The Godfather was a cash grab. Do you think the offer will have any Emmys love? Yes. I, I Like how much and for who and for what. But I mean, the guy who played Bubby, uh, the guy. Matthew who, Good. Playing guy, Robert Matthew Evans. Good. I, I don't see how he doesn't get a nomination. No way. I, I just, I, I cannot fathom him not getting a he's nomination. He's absolutely going to get a nomination. He's a lock, I think. And who played Coppola again? Um, 
Uh, oh, um, I want to say Josh Dan, Fog- Dan, Fo- Dan Fogler. Dan Fogler. Uh, he was so good in he his supporting so- role as as Francis Ford Coppola. He was I great. don't know the name of that kid who played Pacino, but the guys who played Pacino it was and then, a perfect Pacino. And then the dude who played Marlon Brando was great too. That's a guy who was from- on um, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Wait a second. Are you guys saying not the guys from Balls of Fury, right? Playing Coppola, Dan Fogler. Dan yeah. Fogler. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Balls the same, of Fury yes, guys. Yeah. Coppola. Yeah. One and the same. <laughs> one and the same. Okay, our last one comes from Alan Ling. Says, hey, John and crew, nice to see you all again. Thanks for all you do. Your show helps me get through work and deal with my depression. Question, the six episode runs really a thing coming from the top? Yeah, I, I, I have, <clears throat> again, it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that both Kathy <laughs> Kennedy and Kevin Feige just both thought, hey, you know what would be a good length of these things? Uh, six episodes with about 35 minutes of content each, 42 minutes with seven minutes of credits rolling. No, that's coming from the Chapek new leadership structure. And I think it's money, too. How much oh, they're spending on the yes. cash. You know, how much cash they're spending. But, I mean, again, this is one of those tangible consequences. Look, I said a year and a half ago, when, the, when it became public of the leadership restructuring that Bob Chapek did at Disney, taking power away from the creatives, taking power away from Kevin Feige, taking power away from their creative executives, and giving it instead to business people, bankers and things like that, to make decisions, we are starting to see the repercussions of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do not believe for a second Kevin Feige would go, yeah, let's do this show as a six episodes. I don't think Kevin Feige does that. I don't think Kathy Kennedy does that. I, I I just I think this is one of those repercussions and it's we're gonna see more and more of these consequences moving forward, I think. And and to this member, I hope things get better for you, whatever you're going through. Just just want to throw that out there. You know? All right, guys. And now that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campy Show that started a little bit later than normal. Thank you so much, guys, for being here, making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all of you guys who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved here with the show, thank you so much for your support. So guys, for everybody in the room here, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, Ray Orr over there, producer Jonathan Voico, and myself, John Campia. Thanks a lot for being here. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.